0: So I thought I was the queen of Airbnb. Checked the profile. I visited all the places. However, how can I truly be a queen if I have never been a host? Didn't even think about it, y'all. It's time to think about it because my place is cute. Why not share? I know. I got you thinking about it now. All right. Well, don't think about it. Be about it. Find out how you can be a host at airbnb.com slash host.
1: Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card.
2: Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC.
3: Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. This classic episode was produced by the team at Pandora. Ladies and gentlemen, you're in for a treat. This is QLS Classic, the very first ever Questlove Supreme episode with Maya Rudolph. So awkward. Um actually, small tidbit, this is technically our second episode. We had a pilot episode that never made it to air. Back when Unpaid Bill was a guest on the show because he was a producer of an unknown play called Hamilton and Sesame Street, he was our first guest, but it, I don't know, the vibe was so good. We actually kept Unpaid Bill got rid of his episode. So yes, Maya Rudolph is our first episode and uh it's really crazy and awkward. We learned a lot. A hell of a lot. Hope you enjoy. Maya Rudolph, QLS Classic.
4: Here we go. Two. Uno dos! Suprema, su-su-suprema roll call Suprema, su-su-suprema roll call Suprema, su-su-suprema roll call Suprema, su-su-suprema roll call My name is Questlove Yeah My name's not Rob Yeah And with
3: this radio show Yeah It's 19 Jobs Roll call
4: Suprema, sup sup suprema roll call Suprema Suh, su- suprema,
5: roll call. My name is Fonte. Yeah. And I drink Brass Monkey. <laughs> yeah. was never ever I play. Yeah. yeah. Gots to be funky. Roll call.
4: Suprema. Su- su- suprema. Roll call. Suprema. Su- su- Suprema Roll Call.
6: My name is Sugar. Yeah. Sugar
2: Steve. Yeah. I can't eat candy. Yeah.
4: So I eat weed. No call. Suprema. Suprema. Su- su- Suprema. Oh, that was good. Suprema. Suprema.
6: Su- Suprema. Roll Call. My name is Bill. Yeah. I got first dibs. Yeah. I'm fucking tired. Yeah. Cause I got kids.
4: Yeah. No call. Suprema. Su- 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 Suprema. Su- <laughs> su- su- roll Roll call, Suprema, Sup Sup Suprema. Roll call. I am
7: Boss Bill. Yeah. I listen to Prince. Yeah. Got so many hoes. Yeah.
5: Don't make no sense. <laughs> roll call, <laughs> Suprema, Sup su, Suprema. Roll call, Suprema, Sup Sup Suprema. Roll
8: call. Is Maya, yeah. I am not mean, yeah. I am not a nightmare, yeah. I am a queen.
4: Roll call, Suprema. Suprema Roll Call, Suprema 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 Roll Call.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, people of all ages, creeds, colors, whatever you claim in life, this is Questlove Supreme, as if I needed another thing to do in life. So on today's show, we're joined by the uh, incomparable Maya Rudolph. Uh, You probably know her from her time on Saturday Night Live. Uh, She was in the movies Bridesmaids. Uh, She has her own NBC variety show called The Maya and Marty Show. Um, a lot of the other projects she's been involved with, and of course, uh, you know, she's the the offspring of a, a mighty musical uh, pairing of, of Minnie Ripperton and Dick Rudolph, um, and she's connected to a lot more people in the music community, um, so we'll be getting into that. So...
5: I don't know. Like what what should we talk about? Do we talk about music? Do we talk about life? Let's talk about life. Yeah. Let's talk about music for a little bit. Cuz they expecting to talk about music. You know what I'm saying? Like so let's talk about <laughs> life. And so how's shit. life? How how's life uh going Man, Trivante? life is going all right in North Carolina uh where I reside. It's going cool. Uh you know, I'm about to take uh, a new step forward in my life and about to start a getting detox. married. Nah. Oh, Nah, I ain't getting married. Oh, sorry. All no, right. I <laughs> just, just see the look on his no, face right no, now. No, no, yeah, but no, the look on that. your face is like, yeah. No, no, no I, ain't, no. I ain't doing that. I mean, I got a, I got a lady and, like, we talking about getting married. But, I, you know, I ain't doing the shit tomorrow. You know what I mean? Okay, good. But, uh, but I'll let y'all know when I do it. We we'll, 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 we might do a quest love Supreme on site at tickle wedding. Whip. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, I'll bring y'all out here. <laughs> please. <laughs> well, we'll be. <laughs> please, can I please man. go to that? Right.
7: We'll broadcast from there. Yeah,
5: broadcast from the wedding. That, that'll that be live as hell. <laughs> So uh well, nah no, I ain't getting married. Just thinking about my health, man. Like I'm I'm seeing a lot of my homies, man, like they are dying from like, you know, old man diseases. Like they young cats that's dying from shit like gout. And it's like, nigga, how the fuck you get the gout at 35? Ooh. You know what I mean? Like the gout, do you know the gout? Are you are you familiar with the gout? Uh, it's, it's, the gout. The gout, yeah. <laughs> no, you yeah, know what the gout is? Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm good.
6: Go. Wait, why are you <laughs> looking up the gout on <laughs> Urban Dictionary right now, yeah, Steve? So- no, no I don't
3: have to
2: look that up. I oh. got that too. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's something that's in your <laughs> Wait, foot. Wait, you
5: have gout, Steve?
2: I don't know, probably.
4: Steve, oh,
5: you yeah. ain't got the gout. You ain't got gout, Steve. You're too skinny. You can fit in shoes. You ain't, you, you ain't got gout. The, well. it, 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 the gout hits you in your feet. Yeah. Oh, you are like size, what, 15. <laughs>
2: Size thirteen, yeah, but 30, that's thirteen. Not... Oh wow, okay. he got the gout.
3: <laughs>
5: Let's just fucking say what it is. Go ahead. Yeah, so now I've been taking. So I'm about to uh, start a new um, like uh, health regimen, man. And uh,
1: what's I'm that gonna- When are of... you going to start? September.
5: Uh, well, I was going to start earlier, but I got called to do this fucking radio show. <laughs> <laughs> fried chicken and shit. You know, hey, nigga, who turning that down? Uh, nah, man, I'm good. So, but now nah, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. start doing like more juicing, uh, doing like smoothies uh more raw vegetables. Um, you know what I'm saying? I got like one of my IG holes on scam the scammer holes is selling waist trainers. I'ma get one of them probably and she's selling detox tea and shit. You know what I mean I might give me some of that. You and know, then just made, <laughs> verifying h o e s right? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah, I g yeah the schedule. I thought Hose that was an IG. abbreviation,
3: and then I realized, that, oh, one of your joints.
5: Oh, I g oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Instagram, I get it, I
3: yeah, get it. Instagram yeah. Oh, you okay. you, you yeah, I, I see now.
5: Nah, man, I'm just making some changes, man. I want to stick around. I've I've always like been healthy. I've never had no health issues and nothing like that. Right. So I want to keep it that way. Well, man. it's
3: important? Because you know, back when we were 20, our main concern was was bullets in the club. Right. And in the parking lot, and now like that, we're in our forties. The new concern is
7: bullets in the driver's
3: seat. <laughs> right, man. Listen, yeah. oh come on, <laughs> nah, for real. Let's talk about it. <laughs> that too,
5: and uh, strokes. So you know that's not
3: that, yeah. nah, strokes.
5: Yeah, I lost a buddy that uh, to a stroke. Um, he was I'm thirty seven. He was thirty eight. He was the year ahead of me. He had multiple myeloma, beat multiple myeloma, and died of an aneurysm. Okay, on that note, I will be bringing... Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say, next week, we're only doing
3: salads.
6: (laughs) Like wheatgrass and shit.
3: How's it going, Steve? I mean, it's
2: like he's talking. I mean, we're talking about strokes. This is depressing as shit.
7: Right? We're we really starting this off on a very unhappy note.
3: No, no I, I'm bro, sorry, but we're laughing. Yeah, we're laughing. You <laughs>
5: gotta laugh. I'm like, look, I'm happy just to be, you know, in alive. We are of alive people. right alive. now, what this a, very moment. What a time what to a be time. alive! In the words of our great Negro poet, Future. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what about the other one? Oh, and Drake as well. <laughs> Your inspiration. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Drake. Yeah, Drake as well. Not
3: many people know. All right, for our listeners out there, um, if I mean, oh, if, if, it. if 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 investigated, uh, you will see that Fontigolo is kind of Drake's spirit animal. I mean, he's going on record to say that uh, Fonte is one of his favorite cats ever, and that he kind of secretly wishes that he was in.
5: Little brother. So I mean you guys can do your research. No, I know you don't. He he, he'll say that to you look at his publishing check and then be like, nah (laughs) (laughs) I I don't wanna be a little brother. (laughs) Uh, You know, you guys are you guys are an inspiration, believe it or not, man. Oh no no, yeah, I I, I'm aware. And, And the guests they tell us, they tell you know, it's all good. It's all good.
3: I know I know you feel like oh our influence wasn't there, but I swear to you, I've only listened. I mean, I get a lot of Yo, peep, peep my, uh, peep my joint real quick. and Let me know, uh, you know, what what you think of it. Whatever, whatever. Um, but you know, I mean, just on general, I don't do that because I don't want to be there for the law. I don't want to be uh, susceptible to like a lawsuit.
5: Right. Nah, Hearing my you. song into- Yeah, yeah. I
3: mean, that's big. But you know, I'll say maybe four or five times, I've had a situation where it was like, okay, there's something special about this. Let me peep this. Blau was one of them. Slum Village was one of them. Jill Scott was one of them. Little Brother was one of them.
5: Wow. That's big. Cody Chestnut.
3: Those five are, it was like, okay, I'm not going to use this as a drink coaster. I'm going (laughs) to actually, some told me to listen to this. You're welcome.
5: It was on. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're welcome. Right, right, right. Wait, was it you? Yeah, I gave it to you. Yeah, he gave it to him. But then I actually gave you a CD. in the rain. Yeah, in the rain at Duke. But uh, but, so I think, but I, yeah I was... with you it was a coaster. I oh, remember man. little Shit's brother because
3: Uh-oh. <laughs> listen, no 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 I, I felt
5: bad. All right, it started raining. It was at Duke. This is at Duke. This is like 2001, two thousand one. Phrenology came out. So it was right. like two thousand two. Two thousand two. Yeah, two thousand two. Then
3: two thousand two. Yeah. Uh, we did our yeah. annual uh, like we were doing Duke on the regular. It was like the fifth year in a row we did Duke, and um, uh, it started raining. And one of our members of the group, who will remain nameless, uh, kind of, you know, threw a, a, a fit about getting electrocuted and I'm walking off stage. Uh, and so I felt like we should stop because, you know, maybe we will get electrocuted. But I'm the type of person that I actually want to play on. But I felt bad. So I figured, let me just go in the audience and shake some hands. Something I never do. Like I'm not saying like I'm the avoid my crowd as you know. No, like you've the, been playing like the for two hours.
5: Like y'all did my job. Y'all get the hell out. So I
3: went to shake hands, and then you said, "Yo," and yes, you told me about little brother. Yes, did.
5: I didn't. I got cussed the out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me <laughs> and his versus he cuss, I cussed him the hell out. Wow. I was so wrong. Well, it was. It's just one of those things where you just don't know the future, so you kind of you know. So at the time, y'all were gonna give up. No, 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 I wasn't going to give up. We were just doing records and, you know, putting stuff on the internet was still kind of new at that time. So he, quote unquote, bootlegged our shit and by putting us up on the net, by leaking it early. And so I sent him a, 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 a highly emotional... Inbox, <laughs> okay, player. It, it, it was the, the emotions was high. I was like, "Motherfucker, what the fuck you fuck? I'm gonna see you, nigga. I'm gonna take a plane to Atlanta." Oh, <laughs> wow!
3: Yeah,
7: yeah. It, see it, you, it, 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 it was. It was real.
5: It was. It was. It was, it was,
4: very,
3: it was highly contested. It, 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 it was just
5: the heat was coming off my keyboard.
3: Side note: I once had a message on my machine. <laughs> Yo, who? Who brainchild? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh,
4: shit. Next, <laughs> wait, it, no, wait uh, is that Q Tip? Yeah. Oh man,
7: the, one of these days we gotta talk about the time he called me at work.
3: Wait, oh, he rang you wow.
7: up. Yeah, <laughs> Yo, what did you say to make him want to ring we'll, you up? We'll, we'll talk about this on another episode. Oh, <laughs> fine, <laughs> <laughs> we bring it to here. Oh my uh, god, tell him who you it's are. It's all peace now because actually we made peace at Brooklyn Bowl like one night. He uh, was there. And you, we were both. He there. remembered. Yeah,
5: he remembered who is. Wow, like
7: to you about. are his. Shrug.
3: MJ kind of almost I don't know that's, yeah yo no okay weird. player is
5: gr- is Gladiator school man like all all the cats you see popping out I'm telling you it all started with okay player like all the the hot podcasters the like the move it all started okay player if you could survive the lesson or general discussion you can make it anywhere like it well was, yeah this is a, this is a result of- this is the result this is, yeah. yeah this, this is, is a the result. Of. so yeah so our first encounter was me cussing them the fuck out. Because he had gave my shit out. <laughs> so, yeah, but I didn't know at the time that that was how music was going to be. Like, you just give the shit out and, you know. I mean, you were a pioneer.
3: Because, I mean, with Fruity Loops and you starting Foreign Exchange, you know, Another with okay Yeah, You didn't even meet Nick.
5: like, when you yeah. started that. Now, group. we met in the lesson. Me and, o- me and Nick met in the lesson. He posted a beat and was like, yo, this is a new beat by me. What y'all think? I was like, yo, this is dope. What, you mind if I do something to it? He was like, cool. So we just started trading files back and forth. And so we would, and this is before, this is even before like Gmail. So you couldn't send big files. So we would be sending shit through instant messenger. And uh, he See, was in the Netherlands. I was in Durham at the time. And we did the whole record just through email and sending so files. So y'all were
3: just a group without even having met each other?
5: Yeah, we hadn't met. We didn't meet until the record was done and BBE had put it out. And they brought us together like to do some promo shit. And that was when we first met face to face.
3: Pioneer, y'all. Pioneer. Let's hear it for getting cussed out for Bill and, and, for, <laughs> and for making commitments
5: on the internet. <laughs> oh, sh- going down That's a the- real story. So, you're the original going down in the DM. It was, man, it went all the way the fuck down in DMs. DMs got me a record deal, DMs got me a radio show. Wow. I'm on my way. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, to all the people listening, your dream could be in your DMs. That girl that you scared to holler at. Send her a picture, but not a dick pic, because that's disturbing. But just, you know, say hey to her. Send her something nice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I mean? And just, hey. That's amazing. Shoot your shot. Shoot a shoot. Not literally. <laughs> yeah. Bill Sherman. How are the Muppets doing? Nice segue.
3: <laughs>
6: Fucking fantastic. So how's life on Sesame Street, Bill? Life on Sesame Street's great, man. Really? Real big bird. Elmo, everybody's alive. Getting ready for season two? Yeah, season two. Season 48. <laughs> yeah, that. Well, I mean, now that you have a new home, like, do you consider. Oh. It, no, no. It's, it's just still on a season 47. Seven. 47? Yeah. Wow. That's season amazing, 14. man. I've been there since season 40.
5: So, yeah. Season wow. 47. Wow. Wow. That's, that's incredible.
3: Uh, congrats on uh, all your Hamilton success. You too, man. Congrats to you, too. Yeah, but I, I just feel like I just. Told you guys to turn up and EQ certain things and pan
6: stuff, but I believe you said that then we high fives and that was all of my job, so it's all good. Well
3: yeah. I mean, but you were really like barking orders and you know
6: I was. I like I didn't like around. that
3: vocal takes and yeah. that sort of like you were I was I was studying, you, you know. I was observing closely. Here we are. Yeah, here we are. Uh so what are your future plans after, you know I mean, I don't think Hamilton Mania will ever die down. You don't?
6: It might. Well, you know, a movie's going to have to come eventually. Yeah, we're going to. That's score.
3: how you're going to get your Oscar. Yeah, if it's good, you'll get your
6: Oscar that way. If yeah, if I work on it, I don't know. I uh, yeah, I, I everyone. The, the thing about the Oscars, everyone's convinced that it's just like this inevitability in my life. Like they just throw that shit out the window, and I'm just catching it. I mean, you're motivating <laughs> me. Like <laughs> we're not, doing a movie. We're going to do the Hamilton documentary. There you go. That's a start. Wow. You're, you're
5: motivate me, man. I I got to get. I gotta so, get. So where are you? A are you you're Oscar? No, you're not Oscar. You're Grammy and. I mean, I'm close call. You have an Emmy? Are you, you Emmy, right? Yeah. You.
3: Um, no, it's it's like I hear that I have a daytime Emmy for this project I did six years ago, but I haven't collected it. Matter of fact, I'm the only Hamiltonite that hasn't got my Grammy yet. Oh, for real? Yeah, if anyone knows where my <laughs> Black Messiah Grammy is <laughs> oh, and my wow. Hamilton Grammy, I'd be very yeah. appreciative. Like, right now, there are two Grammys out there with my name on it That is
6: just... For those listening, if you go to, to Questlove's house and you have to go to the bathroom, you will find all the other Grammys. <laughs> yeah,
3: it's my awesome. Grammys are... I keep them in the bathroom. I keep it on display in the hallway out there and...
5: It's fantastic. And it's a paperweight in, in here, mm-hmm. uh, in this room. I want to be like Questlove when I grow up. I can use Grammys as goddamn paperweight. Dude,
3: everyone does that. John That's Legend, great. like, broke four of his Grammys. Kanye, the 19 J Jay, like, no one displays the Grammys. Like, even Michael Jackson's American Music Awards and Grammys are still in that Michael Jackson suite at Disney World. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for Miss Maya Rudolph.
9: Woo! Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
8: yeah.
3: Maya, thank you. Thank you for uh, for joining us. It
8: was a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, I see. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know everyone here. Uh, you've worked with Fonte actually. Yes. Um yeah, we, the, uh, we both got screen. fired from
5: the same show. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you guys got fired or... Well, I don't say we didn't get fired. We they kind we were they, never aired. It was Brothers in Atlanta. We shot in Atlanta. Written by... Uh, Written by Bashir... Uh, Bashir and Diallo. Diallo. and Diallo Riddle. Yeah, uh, shout out to formerly tonight. of The Tonight Show. And uh, yeah, ma'am, she played a character and she absolutely killed it. She played a character named Shirley, who was Shirley. a 90s R&B singer. Yes. But she was like, The washed-up 90s army. She was like, if Mary J never had a hit after my life, like she was Like Adina
3: Howard. Actually, wait. I take that back because
5: Adina Howard was recently, as of this recording, still trending on... Twitter and she came back with T-shirt and my panties on, yeah. so maybe oh, she was more like a she was like <laughs> Gina Thompson, <laughs> <laughs> like okay a, there, you like Gina Thompson. <laughs> there you go Gina you know Thompson there you mean? go yeah I mean but uh, and so I had to write songs uh, for you have, her you wrote fantastic songs thank for you her. so much and she sang so you were perfect. her songwriter yeah I was yeah. the you I were puffy. I was the puff. I, I was the puff of... Were you clean or, like, what was your character? What was your character? My from? character was, well, I was, well, outside of the show, like, in the real world, I wrote the songs for her, and, like, me and Sunday my Sunday Cruise. Sunday Cruise. Is that my big hit? Sunday Cruise. You had two big hits. Send her big hits were Sunday Cruise, mm-hmm. which was, like, the knockoff Saturday Love, and then Psych, which was, like, her big 90s bankhead bounce in Atlanta. Right, and right. And so then, like, that was pretty much what it was. And so... That was in like the real world, but then in the show, I played Andre, and I was one of her background dancers that toured with her. Which, and you know. I had to, we had to learn choreo. We had to learn like Long choreo and to dance. dance. Yeah. yeah, I mean I can dance, but it was you know we still had to learn some shit. Yeah, so that was my first time working with her, and uh, I, I knew her work, but I had never met her before. And what we met did on I the live set. up to
8: your expectations?
5: She exceeded my <laughs> expectations. Total sweetheart. Had a lot of fun on set. Uh, we met Keith Sweat. I don't know if that was your first we time. sure Keith did. Swett. We met Keith Sweat. I we, got financial. I met him Keith yesterday.
3: <laughs> oh, where? I was getting. I was, I was fixing my prescription, my glasses, and he came in. Like, and he he has that, like the way that he dances, like an arch. I know we're on radio, <laughs> so I can't. Exactly yeah, described. Kind of right, of, but yeah. he even walks like he's doing the wop like a half wop. <laughs> he Say, hey man, I ain't doing Like like No, he that, talked
5: just like he said. Yeah, see. He talked just like he said. Yeah, man.
3: Saw Keith Sweat yesterday. Yeah. Yeah.
5: So that was yeah, that was Atlanta. That was the last summer we did that and um yeah, man, she just totally So sweetheart. the company didn't love a show
3: that's associated with It was the
5: pilot. It was the pilot. We shot the pilot. See, but, but doesn't it, yeah. every pilot
3: kinda sorta suck? With the exception of the Sopranos, like what yeah. What
8: pilot... It didn't suck. It was great. Like, no, the pilot was
5: hilarious. That was even more surprising to me. Like, you know. Wow. But I don't know why. I, I, I think it's like with HBO... It doesn't always have to do with whether
8: it's good or not. Honestly, I think it's whatever's on their slate or who knows.
5: It could be a I try reasons. not to pay
8: attention. If I did, reasons. I'd be too depressed to ever
5: work again. I feel you on that shit.
3: So you're saying you, you get your heart broken often?
8: All the time. Really? I think All working this time is I'd
3: that. figure like right now you're just... Well, I guess perception, depending on who's sure. watching it.
8: Well, I do. Ch- I have changed my attitude about it so that I don't get my heart broken.
3: But so you if- st- you've got an occasional no, and we're going to give this role to someone else.
8: Oh yeah, I think that happens all the time. It's part of the you know, it's part of the uh, dystopian world of uh, of being a performer. I think.
3: So even now, as a, a, a well-established. Well, I mean, look,
8: there's always something. I I don't think about it. Like I remember, I remember the very first time I got cut. I got cut out of the first anchor man and I was d- devastated. What? It was so fun, and I basically played like an Angela Davis oh, bank robber.
7: Hilarious, yeah. You you and Chuck D.
8: And Chuck D. Yeah. We were bank robbers. Wait, how did you
7: see it? It, it got released well, it as, was re, as bonus it, footage. Yeah, I to yeah. put
8: it out as, like, its own movie because yeah. it was, like, 50 minutes of yeah. footage. Oh, that was, like, the wake one... Up, wake, wake up, Robert. Ron Berg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. hilarious. And um, that was the first time, like, I was ever in something that I could not wait to be, like, to show off about and be proud of being a part of and all these guys that were my heroes and my. I was new on SNL, new-ish, but it was a big deal. And... Um,
3: so you just have to take will and uh, uh Adam. Adam's word that or you trusted, not trust sometimes you know, that happens where it, the director's it happens like all the time you know
8: and then i and then I, I remember at the time, I was heartbroken, and I talked to Paul about it, who's all you know. Already, was already like hardened and gristled by the, the <laughs> wait a minute
4: wait
3: we're trying to we're trying to maintain what is happening <laughs> in
8: this?
6: like thanks this, way listen dude. I
3: don't yeah, even want to edit this because I want you to know that it I know you what know, left off
8: hardened and <laughs> <laughs> you left me at hardened, no. and, hardened gristle. and gristle. We're trying
3: to maintain like a professional decorum here, but like as well. Maya speaks, like
5: uh, all this construction is going not on. Right. <laughs> yeah, we trying to make room for the chicken. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's yes, be yes, a I because okay. it's. I've had complaints. What? I've had complaints that I've I've not fed my uh, family here at Course Love Supreme. So now. I go way out, and I've ordered the mother load of Korean fried chicken that we cannot eat Are on Are you the talking yeah. about fuku? You yes. Stare at for, it for three well, hours. you know what? It's, it's kind of weird because first it was mad for chicken. Then it was mama fuku. And now it's turntable chicken. Like, it's the same. It's a speakeasy. Have you heard of this spot? Yeah, I've heard of yeah. Yeah, it's a speakeasy spot where it's a Korean restaurant, um, but you go in, it's, it's like a, it's hidden on top of a, a pizza spot. And then what's really weird about it is that the music they play in there is a very specific type of soul music. Oh, wow. It's like Like right up your alley. It's like Marvin Cease. Oh, they playing liquor house shit. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Marvin East, Roy C. Uh, uh, um, Richard Temple Fields. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's a very specific. <laughs> like Frankie Beverly Mays is too. <laughs> no,
5: that's too popular. It's, that's it's like, too. Yes. Yeah, that's too. <laughs> no, but, like down home blues. Yeah, yeah. Bobby Blue Bland. Uh, I, yeah, ZZ uh, Hill. yeah. Zizi Hill. I learned a new genre. Coco Taylor. Liquor, liquor store music. House, 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 house. Coco yeah. Taylor. Liquor store. Oh, Coco Taylor. store is a house. Yeah. Yeah.
3: At first, when I went there. When I went there, I didn't know how to feel. Because first of all, it was like you go there and, you know, like in the movie when you go in the alleyway and the little slide door things, you only see the eyes. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the password? Mm-hmm. Like, back then, oh, you had to Taylor. have a password. <laughs> <laughs> and this place is open until 7 in the morning. And this is the spot you go to after you party all night in New York. From 4 a.m. to about 8 a.m., it's on. Like, wow. it's overcrowded. So even my Quest Loveness couldn't just get me in. I had to know the password. Wow. What was the password? Uh, I forgot. I mean, this is like back when it was mad for chicken. It was like five years ago. What's the
8: password?
3: I, yeah, what's the password? What's all right, the purple rain right? reference. <laughs> ding, number one. <laughs> so the point was that when I walked in, I, I first of all to be told that their brand of fried chicken was better. The, the way the person described it was like better than your mamas or your grandmas. Oh, wow! So I already felt some sort of way, and then to see the 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 the. the the cosmetic view of what I was watching. I was the only black person in there. But they were playing Richard Dimple's Fields. <laughs> <laughs> and, and explain, like, that to it, the people, to the listeners. How, we have to be specific. There's a specific type of soul
5: music that, like, you only hear South of the Mason-Dixon line. It is like Malico Records like, has it. It's like the Malico Records' greatest hits, like the box set. Like, So, so you growing up in North Carolina, like... You've heard Marvin Cease all the time. Oh my God, man! Marvin Cease was a legend. Marvin Cease's son follows me on Instagram, like success. Marvin Cease, <laughs> saying? Life goals, nigga. So <laughs> <laughs> Marvin Cease, me and Marvin Cease's son, we kick it. So Marvin Cease, for for the listeners, let's to kind of just give him a, Okay, there's a song called Candy Liquor. Okay. And this was a song that, okay, the genre of liquor house music, it generally falls under what we formally called, I guess, Southern soul and blues. So you have these guys that are like, you know, Marvin Cease, um, you know, Richard Demonsfields Roy C, uh, ZZ Hill, like uh, Brain said. You know, these are just guys that were kind of like, the underground rappers—they were like the the two shorts and the oh man, yeah, the precursors, totally. okay of that. So they were like kind of like the underground rappers of the soul scene. You didn't really hear stuff on the radio like that, but when you went to the little clubs, the little like speakeasies, the you know the little hole in the wall joints, that's where you hear their records. And so Marvin Sees in particular had a record that was big called Candy Liquor, and Candy Liquor—I got it—was about oh, it's not liquor like you drink. Oh, <laughs>
8: oh, you ain't up on this one.
5: It's right. not. We gotta play
3: it right now, man. I, I think it. we should. Can we? Okay.
9: <laughs> I'm not ashamed no
3: more. Hey Steve, uh, have you ever heard
2: this? I wanna do <laughs> This was let actually you know. me and my mom danced this at my This with a song. That was my next guess. Baby, let me be your candy liquor girl. I just Makes be, sense. Yeah. I'm
6: not ashamed. I wanna be
8: your candy liquor
4: girl. Let me lick you up Wait, wait, what that was sounds that? Sounds like
3: blowfly <laughs> Very blowfly <laughs>
8: Very, yeah Why is he right. heavy
3: breathing? Why not? Oh, I think he might be doing go. that for real in the studio
9: <laughs> <laughs>
8: I don't feel like that wheezing is <laughs>
5: sexy That's okay Yeah, he, <laughs> he had his inhaler next to him. okay does I'm
8: not lying, girl
5: well, that's clear. <laughs> <laughs> and this song is like ten minutes long. Wait, there, that, it goes that,
3: that
8: heavy breathing is
5: Jesus really
3: Christ. part of the song. Yeah, it's nine minutes and fifty-nine
5: seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's ten minutes. So what happens? Why can't in it
8: the just f- be ten? What?
5: Because he wanted to remind you that his pull-out game was strong. <laughs> <laughs> I can make it uh, out oh of time. My God. <laughs> <laughs>
3: This is the type of soul music they would play, and I didn't know how to feel, being the only black man in uh, a, a Korean establishment, uh, and they were serving fried chicken only
6: and playing this music. <laughs> Sounds like a lot,
3: but I ordered a lot and was there every other night. Okay, every night. I'm sorry. What,
8: so this is the this is the place. This is the speakeasy.
3: Yes. Now known as Turntable Chicken, but formerly man for Chicken. I like they're they're going to have to pay Wait. us for
7: these plugs, man.
3: Well, no, I'm just saying we're tying in all my lives. Like, you know, the foodie. Now I'm bringing in the foodie oh, world you, and I the you, music world. See? See? That's how we do it. Anyway, uh, Maya. Yes, sir. Uh, I kind of want to start in chronological order. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we know the, the powerful lineage that you come from. Mm-hmm. Uh, being as though uh, your father is... Uh, richard rudolph or dick rudolph like professionally was he richard rudolph or
8: my whole childhood he was dick rudolph but i think every record said richard but everyone's like your dad's dick rudolph
3: okay I, I i didn't know like he became richard like once he became like
8: 63. no when he was like 50 he started telling everybody his name's ricardo we don't know why <laughs> that was a midlife crisis kicking i think in. so he he was <laughs> raised ricardo. in miami so he thinks he's part cuban but he's he's jewish okay so where where were you born Gainesville, Florida, because my parents were, my parents were in Chicago. My mom was sick of Chicago, and my parents met in Chicago because my dad was managing, uh, what was it called, the electric,
3: Pros?
8: the electric playground. I think was it was, a, it, was a, it was a club.
4: Uh. Okay,
8: it was one of those clubs that was like I forgot what my dad called it, but it they were on those circuits. Like if you go to little like different boutiques, they have you know um, they sell the tickets for these like bands that would go in, like, packs of two and three. Like, Led oh, Zeppelin wow. would go play this place in Chicago and this place in San Francisco and this other place. And my dad was managing the one in Chicago.
3: Kind of like the House of Blues of the 60s?
8: Yeah, like... Or now the like, Fillmore of the 60s. Yeah, like Smash, you know, the... the It was very 60s, like, the what, what are those things called? The, like, the trippy, like, Smash color thing where people, like...
5: Lava go, lamp kind of...
8: Yeah, you know, they, like, the, the visual stuff of, like... Groovy liquids and shit, <laughs> in different colors. <laughs> yeah, oh, Kaleidoscope. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and um, and I think the I think it was very corrupt. Like the bodyguards were like black belts at like some karate place. It was it was something about it was very corrupt and bad. And I know that he said he like went to deposit the money one night, and like when he drove back, it was or it was burning down. He thought it was like an inside job or something. Wow. But um, but oh, he met shorts. my mom there when she was in the Rotary Connection and he said, and I quote him, they met on the steps and she was at the top of the steps and he was at the bottom. And then he got, it was like, he got way too into it. And I was like, I don't care about the story. You're still my parents. Like, <laughs> I knew then. <laughs> yeah. But they like saw each other. So they were living in Chicago. They had my brother there who's four years older than me. And it was still Chicago then, like this is late sixties. My dad had, like, a long ponytail and, and, like, had to tuck it in his jacket to hide from the landlady. And they had to, like, hide my, my mom and my brother because they were black. and wow. So they just got tired of it, I think. And then they were, like, looking for places to go because my mom had just had it with Chicago. And
3: but you were born in the 70s, though, right?
8: 72. So by that even time
3: then, day. the block was hot.
8: Yes. Oh, so yeah. it's always been Chicago well, yeah, mixed, has always quote, been
3: Chicago. Yeah. Like, it's never not been yeah. Chicago. I see.
8: I don't know where they lived exactly. I know my mom grew up in the South Side, but I don't know where my parents lived at the time with my brother. And then they had friends that lived in this little... Gainesville was was a college town, so it was, like, quiet and a bunch of hippies. We only lived there for about a year.
3: I also hear that it's the music capital of Florida. Well,
8: yeah. Tom Petty is from there. Yeah. Um, And who else?
3: My first show there was... uh half the roots only half of us made it and because we needed the money we still did it like i drummed razelle did all the music with his mouth and tariq rhymed for an hour and a half and they're like dude this is the music capital florida and we never seen anything you know so that's where i learned the history of (laughs) Gainesville. was that
5: the lesbian sex act show we no, no, handle. no. That that was say that again. Yeah, sorry. What? <laughs> right. Everyone gets. No, serious. there's there's a four
3: famous uh, lesbian sex act uh, show that we did under an alias at New Eureka Cafe in New York. It was common. Tariq, to reek, myself, and James. What did do with
8: lesbians?
3: Uh, we just needed a name to make up because we it. couldn't be the Roots <laughs> playing a free gig at the New Eureka Cafe. So we made up lesbian <laughs> sex act. But
8: you know. And that got butts and seats. Yes. Yeah, we,
3: we debuted so. some things fall apart songs then, but this is before then. But uh yeah, so you only did a year in Gainesville?
8: Just a year and then they drove out to uh to LA cuz um well there's an actual story that I should know like all the names of, but a guy came from Capitol and found, like my mom thanked him. And I remember I can't remember the guy's name, but she was like thank you to so like, and so for coming like coming and rescuing me from the Gators. So he she she had she had been on chess, you know, since she was a teenager. Mm-hmm. She worked at Chess Records when she was in high school. Um, and she sang in the Gems, which was the girl group she did. But she also had a solo Under thing. Under
3: another name, though. Well, Andrea, Andrea Davis, Davis or...
8: was – my cousin's name is Andrea. That's why she was Andrea Davis. But I don't know. But Andrea Davis had her own, so, like, solo single. Right. Um, Lonely Girl is what, the only one I know. And then um, – but she also did backup for stuff. And the only thing I know about that she's not credited for, but weirdly, like, when I was in college, my dad was like, we just got a royalty check. For Rescue Me, the Fontella Bass song. So my mom's singing on that. Like, she would basically, you know, be the receptionist, and then if they needed backup, she'd run upstairs and do backup, and then still, like, man the desk.
3: Oh, that's dope. Uh, Questlove Supreme trivia moment. Bill, when we first met—I'm sorry, boss Bill, not unpaid (laughs) Bill. Boss Bill. Uh, When we first met, I think— you copped a copy of Thrust by Herbie Hancock? Yeah. Uh, How do you remember that? <laughs>
7: um, she everything.
3: Who's the lady on Taxi?
7: On Taxi. Uh, that has the stupid,
3: Yeah, Mary. Yeah. I kind of have a Mary Lou Henner musical okay. memory. I believe that. I mean, I could tell you, like, you know, the amount of times that people misspelled the word on Soul Scramble Board, but I can't remember to show up on time to, like, my own radio show, so it's, like, you know, it's a yin for yang thing. You're telling
7: on yourself.
8: No, I'm
3: very imperfect.
8: Uh, they were here
0: when I
7: got here. Well, you
3: know, because they tricked they, uh, <laughs> me. Um, however, <laughs> they dangelo loaded me. However.
0: They dangelo me.
3: Yeah, but my point was that uh, that day I copped uh, three Andrea Day 45s. Oh, nice. Yeah. In Chicago. The first day I met Bill. Wow. So we're, See, we're, we're connected. We're connected already. We're connected. So... You guys uh, went to LA. Oh, th- yeah, that's just w- weird because now, if I want to find somebody, I could stalk them on the internet or social media.
8: Right. Yeah, I don't know how he found how he found her then, and then the then the other part of the. So we went. We moved to Laurel Canyon, and then my mom's th- like, she was set on Stevie Wonder. She wanted to find Stevie Wonder.
3: Wait, we. There's one crucial thing. We never said your mom's name yet. Maybe yeah, we peop- might want to do that. <laughs> Who kinda... is your mother? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so her mother, of course, uh, for those listening to Questlove Love Supreme, only on Pandora, bing!
4: Uh, is, <laughs> is, uh,
3: is, is Minnie Ripperton uh, considered to be one of the finest uh, vocalists of all time? What was her, what was her uh, octave range?
8: I've heard five. I you know this was she died in the 70s so we have no way of proving any of it there's no there's nah, we, we, there's there's a lot of folklore behind it for sure but I've heard five which is a lot more than I've let's got let's just say seven us say <laughs> eight let's. i don't give Perception perceptions
3: reality i mean people will say it and then people will believe it
8: True. We can set it. we can set the record now.
5: Seven octave range. Great. Many. References. I've actually read seven octaves before. Have you really? I've, I've read I've read that she has seven. I'll octaves. be
8: honest. I don't. You know. I don't. Rem- I've. I hear so many things. I can't. Well, you, you probably know more than I do. I,
3: I know she can go high, but how? What was her low register like? Because in order to really be five octave range,
8: that I don't know. You like know, your bass
3: it, game has to be on point.
8: Well, I'm low. I'm nothing but low. And nobody really has her voice in our family except her speaking voice. My, my auntie Sandra's got her speaking voice. Her, her older sister she's really close to, um, who, uh, who's still around, one of the, her only siblings that's still around. Wow. And um, she sounds a lot like my mom when I talked to her on the phone. Wow. But she doesn't sing. I mean, I think when she does, she probably has some of that in there. But I don't know anybody else in the family who has it. My mom's brother was a horn player. How many siblings did she have? She was the youngest of eight.
3: Wow. Whoa.
8: South side of Chicago, youngest of eight. Wow. So she needed to leave. (laughs)
3: <laughs> oh, we was waiting for an inappropriate comment from Fontaine. Nah, man, <laughs> no, I
5: man. No, nah, that was, no, nah, well, it wasn't. <laughs> but no, that's the time. I mean, that makes sense, because that was back in the day. Like, Well,
8: nope. no, this is true. My grandfather was a Pullman porter, and, you know, they always said that. Pullman porters always had, like, you know, he he worked for the railroad, so. Oh, I always okay. say he, had, he might have had more kids, because well, Pullman porters go from one go place around, to another, yeah. yeah.
3: Well, I know that back then, I mean, at least with farmhouse mentality, Mm-hmm. the the thing is that you have a lot of kids so that you can have hands to yeah. yeah to work on your farm Makes or sense, or yeah. jackson's or you know however you <laughs> <laughs> however you want to uh put it um so what was your first cognizant memory of
8: of music
3: yeah just of the environment you grew up in like you don't remember that soul train episode in which you were crying during your mom's interview segment
8: Mm, I don't remember it, but I remember that – all that that era for me was – I mean, we were on the road with my parents most of the time until I started school. So, I mean, when we were little, little, sometimes they'd go out on the road and they'd take us with them, but pretty much – especially when I was a baby. I think my mom went out on the road for a minute, and then she called my dad. And she was like, you have to come with me. I can't. I can't be without the baby and without you guys. And so we were on the road a lot, and I remember – being on the road with my parents, like I remember, somebody lost a tooth in like some town with a casino, and we got like a chip or something. You know, like <laughs> I remember, like sound check to me is like you my or someone today. else lost a tooth. I think it was it was me or my I think it was me. Oh, okay, I, not me or my brother. I
3: think you meant, like a bar fight or
8: something. No, like <laughs> like the normal things that happen to a kid, but the tooth fairy brought me like a casino chip. Because we were in, like, Lake Tahoe or something. But, like, like being on the road was very normal. And then, like, um, seeing my mom, yeah, like, being, being in studios, being backstage and, like, seeing my mom before the show, like, before the audience was there, all that is, like, tied together as one kind of large memory.
0: Really?
8: Yeah. Wow.
0: Listen, black representation is essential. If I hadn't seen and heard certain Black women in radio, I wouldn't be in radio. Women like Robin Breed and Candy Shannon, Michelle Wright, Deanna Williams. Women... In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Each episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smurder to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now... They are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so I feel silly. Because as much traveling as I do, and as many Airbnbs that I stay in, because that's the only way I travel, I really have never considered my own space. I mean, think about it. What if you can make money for your next vacation while you're on vacation? And I know what you're thinking. You're like, my house is just not fancy enough. I just can't do the things. You're sleeping on your space. I'm sleeping on my space. Yes, I'm talking to myself. And I really don't even have to use my whole place. I could just Airbnb a room. I know how this works. Because, again, I use Airbnb. Duh. I mean, just think about it. Most of us that use Airbnb are only using it for 50% of its power. We're spending the money, but we're not making the money. What if we could do both? Whoa! Mind-blowing. And your home really might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com host.
2: Hi, it's Sugar Steve from Quest Love Supreme. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC.
9: Tina? What would the world be like if everyone saw with their hearts instead of their eyes? I guess it would be like your smile, Maya. Innocent, pure... I, loved. I wish every year was the year of the child. So do I.
3: So do I. So do I. Oh, so. The things you learn on Quest Love Supreme. I'm, I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying. Even
4: only. You're
5: on Quest Love Supreme. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, wow. yeah. I, I'm your father.
4: This just got
2: real. Is, um this is why we don't need to pay unpaid unpaid bills. So how, education.
3: Old you you, how old are you
5: when how old are you,
3: well let's explain. Wow. Uh wait, for those just tuning in, uh this is Maya Rudolph. Uh so we just played uh Too Many Colors uh on Tina Marie's second album, Lady T. Lady T. And uh Always knew of that song, never knew that that was you. Cause you have to listen to the very, the very end. <laughs> no, I know that song, but I never knew that was you. And what's like, there was just a string of of 70 soul songs where like somebody went apart like this wisdom <laughs> on a kid. Yes. Like even on Cool and the Gang's uh, "Wild and Peaceful" uh, oh, together at yeah, once. uh yeah. ah, okay. you know, yeah.
4: cool. well
3: Well, young Timmy (laughs) (laughs) like (laughs) young Timmy the thing was now that I know that's you (laughs) I feel like you draw from her like I I now see you channeling that 70s soul energy in your acting Mm. when you do any singer that you do, the, the way that you talk, like, I see you channeling that. Really? Like, do you channel that moment? Or I'm is not,
8: not consciously. I mean, my dad, when my, my, I was not around the studio a lot when my dad did that record because, you know, we didn't have, like, babysitters and stuff then. So I would just, like, spend a lot of time. I remember when he was writing behind the, he he helped write behind the groove, and he would tell the story, like, I would sit in the passenger seat and, like, he would, with a legal pad, and he would say, like, write this down, and I would, like, write down the lyrics for him. Another go... me and
3: another you.
4: Mm-hmm.
8: And... Yeah.
3: Xanadu, did you know that it spells Xanadu with an X?
8: Of course. <laughs> because of the movie. <laughs>
3: um, I don't know. I don't think I've ever, in the, in the years I've known you, I've really never, like, thoroughly discussed uh, your mom's exit from this, this particular plane. But I definitely know that... Uh, that was the that was the first time that I had to deal with, uh, I guess, loss. Like my parents used uh, your mom's passing as a way to explain to me what death was. Really? Yeah, because I mean, at that time, how old were you? Seventy-nine. Uh, Seventy-nine. I was eight years old. Um, so even though my grandmom passed when I was five, like I, you know, I. They never told me or sat me down, explained to me, like, okay, this is what death is and da-da-da-da-da. So I'm It a makes bad sense person.
8: too, because it's also like easier to like explain it about someone that's like, you know, like, oh shit, what are we gonna tell them grandma died? Then we're like, you're like, oh, make good stuff up. But then if it's like, okay, we're sad because this thing happened and we have to explain. Like I had to, I had to explain why the Freedom Tower was there yesterday, my five-year-old son, and explain why the buildings were gone. And I just said it very like. You know, as simply and as matter of fact, as he that he did. could handle it. Yeah. And he was like, why did they do that? Well, you know. But yeah, maybe because it wasn't someone personal, but it, but personal in a different way. You know, your relationship to the music is personal.
3: So that's that period in the summer of 79. I mean, Ugh. was your father working on this album as that was happening? Or yes.
8: my dad wasn't working on the record then, he met Tina later. She was a big fan of my mom's. I don't know how they connected. Your mom
3: passed in, what, July of 79? Yeah,
8: July 12th, 79. But she had recorded her last record and didn't finish it. When she died so posthumously, then my dad, then he went in the studio and had, that's when I got to meet the Jacksons. Because, like, people would come and, like, play stuff on each song.
3: Yeah, Michael Zona, I'm in love again.
8: I remember my dad, I remember one of the, I don't remember who, but one of the Jacksons helped me with my math homework. Jackson helped me with my fourth grade math homework,
3: and it wasn't Michael.
8: No, Michael was too shy. Michael, Michael, they were in the studio and they were friendly. Michael was really shy. My dad gave him like I remember he gave him like a Pittsburgh Pirates hat because my dad's from Pittsburgh. Ah, originally I didn't, know, I didn't know that. But I, but I, that's all I can remember. Like people were coming in, you know. He was putting stuff on songs with different people. It's such a blurry time to me. It's. You know, now that I have a daughter who's about she was she's the age my daughter Lucy's the age that I was when my mom died. Right now, she's six and a half; she's almost seven. It's so fascinating as an adult to see that person. She's she's so into me. She's so into her mommy, but she's a kind of a baby still, like in a lot of ways. And so my my memory it's like you know because my mom was my mom. People ask me about her a lot, but my memories are are from a child's brain. Mm-hmm. so it's really warped and i always talk about magical thinking there's like a lot of of my memory that's like a little bit make believe right wow cuz that's how kids cope you know
3: you know what i remember about that record that last album
8: mm-hmm.
3: um stevie wonder's autograph was his thumbprint yeah i would the first time i ever got in trouble playing with matches like i get a <laughs> I get a big pen and then <laughs> light the ink so I could spill on the table, so I could put my thumbprint and just thumbprint everything. Because yeah, because
8: Stevie did it.
3: Yeah, I was impressionable that way.
8: Mm, that's so. And that's also so noticed nerdy that Michael had did.
3: immaculate penmanship on his autograph on that album. Yeah, because
8: his dad probably. <laughs> hey,
3: <laughs>
4: go, edit. Edit. <laughs> go in, <laughs>
8: oh, Fonte go Joyce. in. Oh,
4: Fantasia, no.
3: Um, yeah, so just that that, that transition period to.
8: It's also transitioning from the '79, leaving the '80s, leaving the '80s. I mean, sorry, leaving, leaving the '70s. The 70s. It's, it's such a trippy. It's such a trippy era to have such an imprint on my life. The '70s is, is everything. I mean, how
3: did you cope? Like, did you have big sister figures and Mm-mm. like, well, who was there to sort of fill that void, or just to, who was there for you to lead you? Really,
8: just it? my dad and my brother, honestly. And I, uh, I mean, I, we were the only ones that lived in LA because everybody, we came to LA. My dad's family was in Miami. My mom's family was, was in Chicago. We were the only ones like out there. We were kind of on our own. So, you know, and I come from like, you know, pretty big sized families, but everybody was somewhere else. I'm kind of a disconnection in a lot of ways, especially because she, she was the only one that was like in the entertainment business in her family, which always, as you know. Oh, like, wow. With death oh. and fame and all the, that, all just becomes so strange when people people die. It's, it makes it makes family even you know you know how it how it
3: is. No, I know. So I mean, your, your dad obviously.
8: No, he, my dad. Head in my, my dad, dad raised us. It was so. My dad. I cannot believe. Like he was in the studio all night. While, like, our housekeeper was, like, sleeping at the house so that there was someone in the house with us. And then he'd get up in the morning, make my lunch, pack my bag, send me off to school. If he wasn't the one that was driving me as I got older because that's what I remember. Where did and you go then, to like, school? go back to bed.
3: Where did you go to school?
8: I went to high school uh, in Santa Monica, uh, a school called Crossroads. That was, like, a an ordy, ordy school. I
3: was going to say, was it a—so perf- when did you realize that you—did you always have a talent? Were you always singing around the
4: house? Yeah.
8: I, I didn't, I was, I was singing. I was just like a ham bone. <laughs> like, like always doing shows, like my kids do now, like always doing a show. My brother was always playing sports. I was always doing a show. So
3: for you, was it like, I'm going to be a singer? Or yeah, I, think it I was will be a, an actress?
8: I think it was a combo in my head of, but I don't know where the comedy came from. Because my dad says that if my mom wasn't a singer, she would have been a comedian, but I don't know anything. It's funny? Like, that's what he says. I don't know. I don't remember any of that. Wow. But, um, but the music seemed normal, so they're all. It's kind of a hybrid in my mind, I, you know. And, but I would go to shows like I would, I would watch people on stage and think that's what I'm going to do, and then I'd watch a movie and say like that's what I'm going to do. And, but it was mostly like in my house we watched a lot of comedies. it was like a lot of Mel Brooks movies and stuff. Oh wow.
3: Do you remember your first concert? Not your mom's.
8: I remember going to see Funkadelic and the mothership landing. I was sitting on somebody's shoulders. I think we were in Chicago. I don't know what the first, I mean, if it wasn't my mom's. I mean, my mom played with George Benson and I remember being at like, it was like the Greek theater or something. Just that perfect, magical outdoor <laughs> right. summer night. Like, dun, 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 dun.
3: Right. I went Broadway. Yeah.
8: Okay. Um.
3: So all your concerts were related to your mom in some sort of way? I
8: guess so. I mean, the, the parliament one, well, my brother was huge. My brother was crazy huge into parliament, funkadelic, when I was a kid. And so I think we, I think we went to go see them because he wanted to. He was, like, infatuated with George Clinton when we were Just kids. Just the two of you together? And some family members. I don't even remember who. Oh, okay. I think we were into the Silvers. We were really, Me and my brother were really into the Silvers. I remember, like it's actually because I've been asked that question. It's so hard to remember, like the first first. I mean, when I was like a kid, kid, it was like Duran Duran, but that doesn't that, <laughs> that doesn't counts? count. Well, because that was like my choice when I was like fifth grade. But when I was little, I don't remember.
3: So Duran Duran was your first love, like
8: Nick Rhodes. Poster yeah. on
3: the walls and all that stuff. It was Nick
8: Rhodes. I wouldn't say. F- was it first? I really liked. I was. I was really in love with Stuart Copeland, from The Police. Drummers. What I say? Clap hands for what he's doing. <laughs> Thank you. And of course Sting, but you know. And then, uh, and then, and then I remember it being like band-wise, but my Prince love was early. It just wasn't as much of a connection, like. Like, Dirty Mind was the first record that I really, truly listened to and understood. Wait a minute. You were... I was little. Yeah. Because my cousin Ingrid came out from Chicago. She was much older than us. She bought that record. She was staying with us. And she shouldn't have played it for me and my brother, but she did. (laughs) And we all, like... And the record player was in my dad's bedroom, and we all just, like, danced to it in our socks. But, But then, like, I didn't have a poster of Prince or anything like that, and I didn't... But it was like, it was in there.
3: Did you realize what you were listening to? No. Mm Mm-mm. That's crazy. But I
8: remember staring at the record and staring at him laying on the bed with his trench coat open. And I was like, wow, he's got a lot of hair under his thighs. (laughs) 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 Like, that's man thigh. (laughs) But it wasn't until when Purple Rain happened... Then I made like a conscious shift and a conscious choice. And I, then I was 11, I think. Right? Yeah, right. Were you 12? Uh,
3: purple Ish. Rain, I was 13. So, so I guess I was 12. Yeah, you were 12. 12. You were allowed to see Purple Rain?
8: Well, my dad took me to see Purple Rain because he, oh! he didn't know what no, it was.
5: My mom took me to see Purple Rain. Oh! I was fine. Wait, how
8: you,
3: what? <laughs>
5: what? My rabbi took me to see Purple Rain. <laughs>
8: <laughs> None of us knew that we were going to see Apollonia's boobies. So were we, you allowed uh, to see Purple Rain unpaid bill?
6: I didn't see Purple Rain until way later. (laughs) Regular Bill? I didn't see it until it was on HBO. Oh, wow.
3: So I'm the only one to which Purple Rain was like contraband in the household. Oh, no,
7: it was contraband.
3: Oh, you weren't allowed to go see it? Hell no. Prince was the the
5: The devil. devil. I got
3: on, like, all my punishments was Prince related. Really? I would have otherwise been the perfect child except the day that, you know, I discovered Prince's music. And then... You know, but it's which weird though because record? during those punishments, my punishments—I mean, some of them were corporal and car and corporal, <laughs> carpool, <laughs> carpool,
6: <laughs> corporal. I'll write that down.
3: Some of them were corporal because I mean, a you know, black household, black father—you know—the belt is always used.
8: The belt.
3: Um, my dad what? wasn't
8: black, and he always talked about the belt.
3: Oh, I'm gonna go get the belt and go oh, straight out It was out just cool. more of a threat.
8: The belt was the belt was the t- the impending terror and doom. I'm gonna get that belt. I'm gonna get the belt. Ooh, I don't remember. I don't remember having the belt.
5: I got the belt. I got ah, several the belt. times. I got the belt. I got the switch. I got the Hot Wheels race car track. <laughs> <laughs> I, got the, I got a couple things. It was pretty sure that would constitute as child abuse. I got the house shoes. Yeah, <laughs> shoe. shoe. yeah, shoe. yeah, the house The flip flops. Yeah, the flip flops. And not like the like the like the cutesy like the, just the thong flip flop. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, yep, yep. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, brother. It, it got it went down in the, yeah. in the DM. Look at unpaid hey, bill All
3: traumatized right
8: now <laughs> all, I don't know anybody From you my got generation who's spanked
5: No yeah. I got
6: hit once For drawing the family On the freshly painted Walls and crowns. My mom was wow. pissed yeah. That'll
9: do it That'll happen that Was, cool. the was the it good film. art? That's a
6: paddling I mean Yeah Was it like I a t- Was it a Tito Jackson moment? I mean yeah. <laughs> Like it Joe the, Jackson
3: <laughs> Oh Beat Tito <laughs> For breaking a guitar string And it was like Oh wait My son has talent and then that's how the Jacksons became to be. Oh wow! Yeah. He didn't realize that his sons had talent until he had to beat Tito. <laughs>
8: <laughs> Jesus! Wait, you can talk about it. Wow. What? Oh, what the switch? The J- Jackson switch.
3: Oh, um, phew, nah, man. My 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 dad has a, a a doctorate degree in Jacksonology. I mean, that's why I had to be. So you know. I mean you know I was always like the not the goody kid but I always did what my parents said Mm. I was home before the light went out and you know I always joke to people that if I ever came home one minute after that Oprah theme (laughs) (laughs) oh wow (laughs) that was my ass and I mean even into high school like, I mean it was just that their fear of me being out on the streets in the 80s was it was too risky so it was just like you come straight home. Don't go record shopping. Don't go to, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. you don't go to to the arcade, hang with your friends at the mall. You run home. So it was like, that's why I know flight of the bumblebee so well, because soon as school let out, it was like, (laughs) (laughs)
8: Like,
3: (laughs) that's, 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 pretty much what life was what um, was
8: the what was the prince record that you got into i'm just curious what the relationship was for your parents that said like
3: all right so prince got introduced all right it's it's weird that my Something michael jackson here. obsession led to all of my musical knowledge because um, even those groups you mentioned duran duran and and the police and all that stuff the only reason why i know all of those mtv ready acts is because you'd sit in front of MTV for hours, waiting for Beat It to come out. Right, Right, that one (laughs) to watch all night long to do that whack uh, forward moonwalking all night long. (laughs) Or Beat It, or or 1999. So wait for that one black video to come on. Mm -hmm. You'd have to sit through Thomas Dolby and all these other... So after, you know, five weeks of doing this, suddenly... You know, I'm singing like Hyperactive by Thomas Dolby. And oh. I remember Yes had like 12. 12-
2: hyperactive is uh, Robert Palmer.
3: No. No, hi- Hyperactive. Hyperactive. I'm definitely wrong. i wow, <laughs> definitely wrong.
4: Wow. Thank you, Maya, because <laughs>
3: right. Steve would have. You see the smug look on Steve's yes. face right now?
8: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I can, About- I can admit when I'm wrong. No,
3: there is a. You're right. There is a I Robert have a big, Palmer.
8: Big Thomas Dolby Tom- love. I love Europa.
3: Yeah. Here yeah. the
8: pirate
3: twins again. Ooh. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, waiting for Michael Jackson videos led yeah. me to just studying everything else because you didn't want to take your eyes off the television. Um, and so back when I wanted to see the Rock With You video, knowing that it was coming on Midnight Special, um, wow. Prince was the second song uh, as a guest, I Want to Be Your Lover. And my dad just felt the need to add on... It was like 24 hours later. And his whole thing was like, why is this boy wearing a diaper? Why is he wearing a diaper? And so just the next day, he says, don't don't you listen to that boy that was wearing the diaper. Mm-hmm. Which wasn't like, you know, like when your parents tell you no, then it's like, oh, automatic, yes. I really didn't care. Like, I now know that with parenthood, with, with and of course I'm not a parent saying this. I'm just saying that if you... Are adamant about a no.
9: Yeah, you
3: might as well tell your kid just do that. Do it. Yeah, because I'm certain that Prince would have been just a footnote in memory. Yeah. had they not made a big deal of that boy in his diaper.
8: I remember soft and wet being. I remember being exactly where I was standing. Our garage door was open, and we were in the driveway doing messing around, doing something. I had one of those. You know those green, like, inchworm things, and you would, like, bounce on it? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, And I was, like, playing with that or something, and then Soft and Wet came on. And I remember we were all <laughs> listening to it <laughs> on the radio, wow. like... It's a very inappropriate right? visual. I mean, yeah. but, <laughs> I didn't, but I didn't That's feel fantastic. that wrist slap of, like, oh, boy, we'd better turn this up. You know, it was sort of like, oh, this is a Prince song, and the song's kind of good. So I didn't... I don't... But then again, my dad... There was no no concept of PC, and my dad was so young... Like I mean, my my mom and dad were like 25 when I was born, you know, and so and my mom was 31 when she died. Like, they were kids, and I don't, and that politically correct thing was not in in ordinance yet. So I, you know, I was we were watching movies with our parents because they were young and they wanted to watch them too. And we saw boobies and
3: butts. It's, it's weird because I don't necessarily consider soft and wet that memorable to be that. Where was I when I first heard Prince? No, but it was, yeah, it was everyone has a soft and wet story, like the first time they heard Prince, which, only because the the circumstance that I was in, I remember more, and he just happened to be playing at the time. Mm -hmm. My grandfather had just died, and my dad came to my mom, said, babe, come here one second. They went out the room, and I never heard my mom freak out crying. So she screamed, ah! And everything, and I was like, well, I mean, you know, 78, I was seven. So I guess in order to just shield me and protect me from it, my sister just took me from the kitchen, took me up to the bedroom, got these big-ass headphones, and just put the radio on. And Street Wave by Brothers Johnson was playing on WDAS. It faded out, Soft and Wet came on. And the only thing that I remember my seven-year-old self saying was that this is the same instrumentation that Graham Central Station would have used. Later I found out that, yes, he also yeah. recorded at uh, Sal Salis... In Sausalito, the same uh, recording studio, the same ARP, the same Moog, the same patches, um, which probably explains his Larry Graham obsession. Mm-hmm. And even that, told me that you love me, girl, that, that's straight Graham Central Station. Yeah. So that's the only thing I remember. I remember this song, I don't know, Remember hearing this really whirly synth part that reminded me of Graham Central. Yeah, like, it was Graham Central Station. And that's all I remember about Prince. Uh, And again, leading back to, they never told me my grandfather died. I just knew that mom was freaking out crying. And then she went away for a week and I'd stayed at my grandma's house. But that's what I remember. But yeah, like, really it wasn't until I got into the time and then someone told me the connection between the 2
9: Mm-hmm.
3: And then and then that's how I got yeah, to... I finally caught up to Prince. But it really wasn't until the Times first record.
8: My brother got got us into the time. And then it started becoming I was like, what is this? Seven, 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 right. ninety, three, eleven. Like songs with phone numbers were so exciting.
3: Jenny Yeah. So but then by that point, I just it was punishment every you know, uh, like, the church I went to had a sermon on why Thriller was demonic. Um, oh, wow. your children. And if any of your parents own this record, and they had a 1999 record, and he turned it upside down, said, this is a penis, and this is a 666. Oh, and wow. your kids are being led, and, you know. Is a
8: 666 on there?
3: Look. Where is it? 1999. I never paid attention to that. Right. I, so, I just saw the penis.
8: <laughs>
3: i thought it was a one with a football in it i you know like <laughs> I can't, again Definitely like it. unless you pointed out like i don't know these things and so it was just like then we went home don't you have this record of and they went in my room took everything threw it away wow then it snowed and then i did some shoveling and got it back from the money that i earned shoveling and then it was missing again and then wow. after that, it was just like contraband. It was just punishment. So uh, I'll say between 82 and 87, life was hell in West Philadelphia based on <laughs> all. It was just hell. Like, you know, yeah, it was the best and worst times of, of life.
8: God, that's a classic. Like you're clearly like driven towards something in your parents or you know you You needed to find out, you needed to turn everything over and yeah, find it out for yeah. yourself, like
3: and I don't even know if it, I mean I don't know if it affected me in the way that they thought it was going to affect me or not, yeah, I mean, he made me aware of shit that I didn't know about, like you know, just like, what's a cherry and all this stuff, like I would ask my friends at school like, what does this stuff mean, or whatever, and whatever they explained to me, but really, I was just about I'd never heard music sound like that, like yeah. it sounded futuristic, and you know I was obsessed with the patches and all those things, but, you know. I
8: think it made me realize later, because I put all the pieces together when I got older, that I wasn't really, truly, like, identifying and obsessed with Prince until the Revolution actually had Wendy and Lee's in it, because I could identify with girls in the band, and then I wanted to be in the band. I wanted to I wanted to be Wendy.
3: So were you, besides knowing Jill Jones... Well, you knew Jill Jones during the Tina Marie period,
8: right? I remember meeting her, I think... I, I think if my memory serves me correctly, her mom was Tina's manager. Who's her mom? I don't remember her name. Okay. Um, but I think Jill's mom, I think she, I think she worked with Tina. I remember going to their house or something, or maybe met her at Tina's house or something like that.
3: So you didn't put two to do together when like you see the 1999 video and be like,
8: oh my God, that's
3: later, Jill Jones. Later, like way later. Grinding on Lisa for some strange reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
8: best friends. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. It's Wendy and Lisa are best friends. <laughs> yeah,
4: uh, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
8: Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't really know, I didn't know people's names yet then, like I didn't I just it was all about Prince to me. And even though there was a revolution, like it was just Prince. But then because of the movie, I think it gave me like a little bit of a story, whether I knew it was real or not. I didn't know. Do did, did like,
3: you know that was Jill when you saw Purple Rain or
8: I think so? Wow. Actually maybe not. Maybe not. I think I put it together later.
3: Oh, okay. So uh yeah, Princess. I'm I'm skipping over, of course, the the part of your life of which a lot of our listeners know which is your acting career but I have to sure
8: you don't need to tell them that shit I have to <laughs> <laughs> you're an actor I'm an actor yes Steve I'm an actor
3: um yeah so like what kind of stuff do you do what no what <laughs> what made you want to uh do princess because
8: well, I feel like what, that's is, not, what is princess princess is me and my friend Gretchen's cover band uh prince cover band Cool.
3: That sounds like something that people <laughs> always say they're going to do, but they never do. I
8: know. It, it also, we've been doing it for like five years, and I'm, I'm 43 years old. Like, yeah, I'm in a cover band. It's, a, it's always a <laughs> so funny thing to be like in a cover band, but it's so fucking legit. Like, it's just from such a hardcore, deep place of, of love and like, like a burning desire to play these songs. She and I were in a band together in college, and when we met, what band? Uh, it was called Super Sauce. It was a nine-piece uh, funk band. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> headed by me and Gretchen. Okay. Nine-piece. You can fi- I think you can find our one video on YouTube. How did I get paid? We did. Down. Well, we only played like locals. We we went to school in Santa Cruz, and we only played. Um, you went to school in Santa Cruz? Yeah, UC Santa Cruz. Isn't that one of like the Northern party? Key, California? Oh, okay. A lot of hippies. Gretchen's from the Bay Area. She's from Berkeley. Bay Area's got its own. It's own thing going on. It does,
5: on. it really does.
8: And up there, there were, you know, it's a small town and like, um, there's a lot like, there's a theater called The Catalyst, which is kind of the only, like it was the only theater in town for a long time and we would play there. But it was like when Nirvana came to town, they'd play there. Or when Gwen, when Gwen, Gwen Doubt, when No Doubt <laughs> played, we opened for them because we were like the local band opener. Like it was, a t- it was a tiny, tiny town. And then they had another place.
0: I forgot what it was called.
8: Yeah, I don't think you'll find much super sauce. But there, there, we had one song that we wrote called "Milkshake," and I think, I think it was on YouTube a while ago. I don't know if it still is.
3: Okay, I'll say it. Go. Did it bring all the yeah. boys to all right, the yard? Right.
4: <laughs> Listen, it was pre pre,
8: Pharrell. Uh, you didn't have kind. to defend it. Just let the joke be <laughs> the joke. That's all.
3: <laughs> That's all. Um, so you stole it?
8: No, he owes us money. No, we didn't, We I don't even, it wasn't, it had nothing.
3: No. Well, what I'll, what I'll say is uh, we did a cover uh, that was just very recently allowed to sort of uh, return to the internet. Um, mm-hmm. Our cover of Darling Nikki that happened on, um, back then it was Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to say that he he watched it and enjoyed it and love the fact that you guys got the backwards part.
8: That was correct. when we went to go see him play. The last time I saw him play like a proper show was like that tour he was doing with Third Eye Girl and and um we had to go down he wouldn't play in LA. And you got us in cuz of Ramadan and we went to down to Anaheim. He was playing in Anaheim. Okay, the, yeah. And I was so pregnant. But um we were back there we 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 were uh we went backstage afterwards, and uh, he and he came out and he saw us. And the first thing he said to me was, "How y'all gonna do the backwards part?" It <laughs> 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 was so fucking cool. No, that was a cool moment. Yeah. Ugh. Well, you had prepped I- me because you told me he he it was when it was it was Guitar Gate when when he came and threw Kirk's guitar, <laughs> and he had been here and he played right. And you told me that he had mentioned that he. He had it, like, recorded on his DVR or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't, he,
4: he really it was, loved every it. Every
8: time he told me this story, I was like, I was trying to picture, like, where's his DVR? <laughs> like, where is he? Is he on a bus? Is he in his house? Like, where is he watching this over and showing it to his friends? He said, you said he was showing it to his friends. He told us that, that. Yeah. He showed it to his friends.
3: He watched it. I mean, he does that often. I know that uh, when I worked on The Chappelle Show, uh, Morris and him... Uh, had spoken on the phone for like the first time in a second uh Morris about Day? that. Yes, Morris Day.
8: The Morris Day.
3: That yes, yes. yes. Right. That so Morris sexy. Day. Um, I mean, my visit at Paisley Park, I uh, I was very shocked.
5: You, at, you've actually been. You've been to Paisley Park. I've been there a few times. Oh, yeah. that's
3: dope. That's dope. That's, I went
5: for the first time. Well, I mean, it's after he passed. You went but, uh, as a I, pilgrimage? Yeah, as a pilgrimage. We had a show. We had a gig in Minneapolis. And uh Jelly Bean actually came out to the gig. Okay. And uh the next day we were tr- we had a day off. We were traveling somewhere next I can't remember. This and uh we went there and uh, I went out there, and the first thing that came out, I was like, damn, this shit looked like a call center. And like it just You know what I mean? It just looked real, you know, Were the industrial. eyes watching you? Uh I don't think no eyes watching me. Mean? It was um Oh god.
3: The the controversy eyes. Like yeah. when I was there there was a painting, he'd have these uh I meant life size paintings of his face from like various album covers adorning the walls. And when you get to the controversy pick, you know you know like those uh uh three stooges things where like, like
8: moving eyeballs. Yeah,
3: the moving eyeballs are watching you through the picture. Um we swore that he was watching us somewhere on like hidden camera. <laughs> <He> <laughs> Erica was. Erica told me when she first visited Paisley Park, I said, "Did you see the the, the eyeballs moving?" She's like, "Yeah." I said, "Oh, were you, were, were you freaked out?" She says, "Nah, I, I took my titties off."
4: <laughs> oh wow! She,
3: hey, Erica, that's one way to handle it. That's one approach. She said she tried to figure out where all the hidden cameras were in Paisley Park, and she just took her t-shirt off. And she's like, I just show him these titties. What I
5: do? Apollo legend. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't make it in. We went because this is after he passed. This is recently, so we mm. were just there. And uh, actually, we were there, and you know, it was people out. You know, so wasn't like a stuff. police line or like a police tape. Nah, or? nah, nah. We went. I mean, this is like not you even saw this is like the a little elevator. Over month ago. No, I didn't see the elevator. I didn't go in. We were just outside, just kind of walking around. okay, okay, okay. And so then the news truck pulled up. We'd be like, what the hell is the news doing here? And it was the the day that they announced uh, the autopsy results. Oh, okay. So that was why. I was like, oh, that's why they were here. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
3: Yeah, well, it's it's super normal inside. And um, the one thing I noticed uh, was there were a lot of – you remember there was a point where they had combo – Television and VHS recorders.
9: Uh-huh. Oh wow!
3: Like I feel like he really spruced that place up. I mean, it came up in it came up in '87, but I felt like he had a, a redo in like
7: '93. He he redid the place in '96 for the, the when the baby was supposed to come. Oh, the uh, entire place. Yeah, they re, like it was all white inside, and then they did all the paintings and stuff, and then they. Put that it explains it because.
3: Uh, well, there were a lot of VHS uh T V combos everywhere. There was like a Sega Genesis. Uh he obviously was a or whoever was inside of Paisley Park, they were really a fan of uh what's what's the uh, Sega game with the cat that Oh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, Sonic yeah. There there's yeah. a lot of Sonic the Hedgehog games. Um and apparently a, a tribe called Quest fan because mm. Uh I found 3 copies of Midnight Marauders. Wow. Um, it, I I would say from the inside his life was seemed pretty much normal. Mm-hmm. I mean there was nothing that unusual
6: except for the giant eyes and cameras. Yeah, except right? for the <laughs> eyes and cameras cuz that's normal.
3: Well, I know that I know that it's wired for there to be microphones at anywhere. So if he has a song idea including in the oh god, including in the bathroom. For real?
5: Wow. Which kind of freaked me out because... That's like an invasion of privacy. It had to be right. That's like some NSA shit.
3: On my second day (laughs) there, I remember really having to go. And so... My solution was to just constantly flush the toilet. <laughs> so he didn't hear nothing? <laughs> so I'll fuck around and
5: end up on Emancipation too.
3: I think I good. drained like... <laughs> emancipation. This is a beer
5: emancipating I think, Yeah, I think
3: I just drained out Lake Minnetonka. That's how many
5: times <laughs> I flushed.
0: Okay, so I feel silly because as much traveling as I do and as many Airbnbs that I stay in, because that's the only way I travel... I really had never considered my own space. I mean, think about it. What if you can make money for your next vacation while you're on vacation? And I know what you're thinking. You're like, my house is just not fancy enough. I just can't do the things. You're sleeping on your space. I'm sleeping on my space. Yes, I'm talking to myself. And I really don't even have to use my whole place. I could just Airbnb a room. I know how this works. Because again, I use Airbnb. Duh. I mean, just think about it. Most of us that use Airbnb are only using it for 50% of its power. We're spending the money, but we're not making the money. What if we could do both? Whoa! Mind-blowing. And your home really might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com host.
2: Hi, it's Sugar Steve from Questlove Supreme. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded, too. So, check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right, cash back isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees? Period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC.
3: That was Miss Maya Rudolph singing with The Rentals. How old were you when you uh, did the, the, the stuff with The Rentals? Yeah,
8: I think I was just out of college. I did the five-year plan, so I was probably like 22. <laughs> I got involved with The Rentals because my friends, um, my childhood friends, uh, Rachel Hayden and Patrick Hayden, were in a band called That Dog with my friend Anna Warnker. And Warnker? Um, Anna they, Warnica? Warrenker, yes. Yeah, we
5: were just talking about, well... Uh, daughter of... Lenny. Lenny, Lenny Warner, And Joey... Joey's
8: her brother. So you're saying with his daughter, you were I grew with up with those girls, and... <laughs> uh, so you grew they, up
3: with the girls of the man that signed Prince.
8: Well, yes. Anna, I knew um, growing up, and um, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yes. And then Joey is the and brother, right? Joey is, he, is her brother, yeah, yeah. He's an amazing drummer.
3: Well, how do you know about the Warn-
5: he plays on Joey plays on, like, all the Beck stuff. Mm-hmm. he plays with Becca I mean, he plays with a couple other cats too but he's all over Beck stuff yeah
8: he's so- what? who is this man
5: <laughs> what that, that's Fonte Coleman
8: I mean very impressed Fonte he's liquor going house to liquor house to <laughs> yeah, like, liquor house to Beck I and feel back some again. sort of way I mean <laughs> we are now
3: rechristening the show as liquor house with Fonte Coleman
6: <laughs> or like Fonte Supreme right other, nah man Fonte a little Supreme it's now your show bro my, not
8: me man my my uh, paper. my friend Rachel Hayden who's a triplet. Rachel, Tanya, and Petra are are triplets, Whoa. the Hayden triplets. They wow. Have, they're, they're musicians as well. Their father was Charlie Hayden, amazing um, ah, yeah. jazz bassist. And um, we all grew up singing together. We all grew up harmonizing together. And um, I was like an honorary member of their band for two seconds, but then I went away to college. So when I came back from college, they had recorded that first record with Matt Sharp, from, originally from Weezer. They were all L.A. local bands together, mm. and so he put them on the record. Then he wanted them to tour, and they were going on their own tour. So Rachel said, you should call my friend Maya because she she can harmonize and she can uh, play keyboards. And that whole record is just all the harmonies that those girls always did.
3: Ah, okay. Um, so
8: that was why I ended up touring with them. So I wasn't on that first record. It was actually Rachel and Petra's voices.
3: You played piano?
8: Yes, I played, I played the Moog. <laughs> I did not know that. Okay. I well, just on that tour, I did. I just played piano growing up.
3: Okay, so we are at the point of our show.
8: Mm. If
3: you're still here, uh, we're, we're at not. the point of. <laughs> okay, so we're at the point of our show where we uh, kind of do this thing uh, blind test, mm. which you know we'll play you some music. Am I gonna have to
8: drink something?
3: No. Uh, <laughs> you just we'll play it for you, and you give some sort of commentary live on what you think about it.
8: Okay. All right. Am I supposed to know this song?
3: Nah, you ain't gotta Every know it. Just... You don't, you're not supposed to know it.
5: Like I need test drive from last <laughs>
9: race.
8: I hear a little bit of Love as a Battlefield in that like little drum breakdown. sounds like a lot of the demos people would send my dad when I was a kid and we'd listen to him in the car on the way to school and laugh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But is this somebody like Tori Amos or, or somebody who like went on to do stuff later? This
3: person's sort of connected.
8: Um, to you. Oh, is it Jill Joe?
3: No. Close. Close your eyes and listen to this voice.
7: Attention to the words of the song. I'm not a lyrics guy. I'm uh, a music guy. I mean, just from hey
3: the too. title, what did you think? Well <laughs> Wow. <laughs> see, the proper noun threw me off. I didn't even see the <laughs> two words before. Okay, so you're listening.
8: This is fence related, isn't
3: it? Yeah. It's it's Vanity's um, strap-on Robbie Baby. Um which I guess now that I think of it is very apropos, being as though the very last song she did with Vanity 6 was Vibrator.
8: Oh yeah, Vibrator. I, I actually am shocked that I didn't recognize her vocal quality. <laughs>
3: it's very distinct. All right, this leads to our second song. Ooh.
5: That's it. Ready for the world.
8: Sounds like. Spoiler a- alert.
5: Oh, I'm not asking right now. Is it? Is it RFTW? <laughs> Some
8: people don't worry. Some
0: people don't
9: worry.
8: Yeah, there it is. There's that voice. I mean, I didn't listen to this song. I listened to Sheila and got, like, an auxiliary Prince, um, you know, like, satisfaction. It was, like, close enough. Which one is it? Is this Digital
5: Split? No, which one's? this? No, Digital Split is pretty good. Yeah. Digital this is the second album, right. We Love
8: You
3: Down. Uh, love but this this was actually one of my favorite filler I'm Ready for the end World. End like, they did a lot of
8: I think fast... Oh, songs. Why did it sound like he, there was no H in Sheila when he said it? Oh, Slayla. Oh, say-la.
5: Oh, Nigga wrote song about Papa.
8: So did he just... <laughs> oh, Slayla. Did he just use all the same machines? Is that how you, you got the sound? Um, it's kind of weird because this,
3: this is actually... A, I believe this is a DMX drum machine so this is not even a Lindrum but they often use the Oberheim and uh, the, uh, it's close, but it's- the the Lindrum but so this is one of the rare times in which they're not using that okay. here is your next song it
8: sounds very familiar
3: This is probably in second place. Mm. Yeah, yeah, by far. Of my... Is that Brenda? Breast song, best songs that Prince never wrote. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it's the
8: chicken, you just Breast said breath songs.
6: songs? <laughs> <laughs> like about Badu, breath songs? <laughs> yeah.
8: <laughs> Will I know this artist? You
3: probably won't. I mean, you should know Maybe. it. It's not Brenda. No. no.
8: Wait, God. That's a low voice. Annie,
5: is it that Annie lady that was like, um. Is this
3: Tamara
8: in the scene? What
3: is that? Alright, this is Tamara in the scene. Okay. I know, you won't
7: I don't know, know me that. And I, I don't know how I remember She's got Shazam but... on his phone. Nah, well, I mean,
3: a she, did a, she did a, a minor stint with Prince. Uh, in the 90s. Uh, well, she's on that 1 800 New Punk yeah,
7: compilation. Well, she was actually in a, in a group that. Uh, Mambo combo. No, well, Prince had a, uh, she had a, a project called MC Flash that Prince had written a whole bunch of songs. Wait, what? Yeah, in like 89 or something. What? What's really? It? Yeah. I didn't know that was her.
3: Yeah, that was her. Margie Cox. I consider this like a the Prince Associated
7: Records to be the perfect. I heard the song once at the strangest of locations. Uh, Did it? It was a stickball con- a competition that Nike was doing uh, somewhere like right off of Knauski and Q-Tip was DJing. For some reason, he started playing this song like in the middle of the mess. Wow. You're starting, if you're
3: playing this and you're DJing, you're trying to send a message to somebody. Like this is one of those cuts that you do where you want to let somebody know what your Prince IQ is. Wow. So this is the cut that you play to let them know. We're here. All right, here's our next song.
5: Public joy. <laughs> <laughs>
8: Public joy. <laughs> I've heard this before. I'm telling you, I've heard this
0: before. At a concert.
3: <laughs> like Fonte's looking off in the corner, like he gets, he can't put his, he can't put his hand on it, but he knows that whoever's saying this often has to wipe back the activator curve from behind their ear.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
3: or or do it backwards from <laughs> Yeah. Or stroke his uh, ear with the, the opposite end. It's
2: kinda yacht rocky too.
3: Eyes? Kelly's eyes oh yeah
8: you told me about this song this Adi- is Andre Simone yeah oh wow
3: yeah and Andre Simone left the controversy tour in 81 so Larkin yeah. Arnold oh, wow. left Capitol Records yeah uh, took a gig at CBS and uh, signed Andre Simone alright so Maya here is your <laughs> final fifth song fifth and final song yes
5: Wow. Sound like i dance
3: so much <laughs> <laughs> Like for real.
8: Shake down. Shake down. Shake down. Mm-hmm. Shake
4: down. Shake down. Shake down. Claps kill
7: me.
5: Shake down. this is like the oh it's like Wild Girls by Clydman right, like kind of yeah. it's, it's that same mm-hmm.
3: Okay, that was uh, Evelyn Champagne King's wow. Shakedown. Wow. Uh, one of the main reasons why Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis were released from the time for Moonlighting, uh, writing their first number one single for uh, the SOS band, Just Be Good to Me, uh, was that he thought that they were also giving secrets away um, to other acts. Uh, Leon Silver's in producing "Just Keep on Loving Me" by The Whispers. Prince never believed that Leon Silver's wrote or produced that song. He thought that it was Jam and Lewis using him as a mask. <laughs> and okay, so we got to rewind back. Um, so how did you uh, come across the attention of uh, our beloved Steve Higgins, uh, announcer of the Tonight Show and head? Uh, producer of Saturday Night Live.
8: Uh, I was I was performing at the Groundlings in uh, Groundlings Theater in Los Angeles, California. How did you get in? I started from the I started from the bottom, and now I'm here. <laughs>
3: so you were getting co- you were getting coffee first, and then you worked your way up. Or?
8: No, I you, you take classes there. You start. It's like a straight up theater program. You like start there. You. Take classes, then you have to pass on to the next class. Then you start writing, and then you start performing. Then I started performing in the Sunday Company, which is kind of like it's kind of like Juvi, like (laughs) Juvi. It's kind of like JV SNL, like on in on a little stage. It's like UCB style, but it UCB didn't exist then. It's UCB is more more like indie and hip, and this is just like um been around since the seventies. Well, who put
3: you up to it? Like, who said you know what you should go to the Groundlings?
8: I did because I I'd always I'd always wanted to be on Saturday Night Live. I fell in love with the original cast because my parents were watching it, and so I saw it. Like I got I, I I got an idea of it, and then when the reruns were on, then I fell in love with Gilda and um and the whole the cast as a whole is like this New York idea. Like I've got to get to New York. I want to go where those people are, and. That was like later when they were showing reruns and then I could start taping them and stuff like I would, you know, I would tape everything off of TV that I liked. Um, and then uh, you
3: came in 2001, right?
8: I think so. Well, I came at the end of the tw- of the 25th season for three shows. So I don't and I then the remember. The if Drew Barrymore
3: 9-11 episode was your first real episode. Or? Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. That was your first episode.
8: That was my first episode of the f- of the first official year. But I came for basically instead of instead of auditioning, they right. brought me in for the last. I didn't audition, which is so so stupid and weird, and it's a miracle that I ended up on the show. But instead, I came and I had a meeting with Lauren because I I met Higgins and Tishan Chen, who was a writer, and they came to the show and they're like, "You should come audition." And I had a janky ass manager who was like, "Don't do <laughs> it." The contract's really bad, and I listened to her because I was an idiot. I was like twenty five, maybe twenty six, and um, old enough to know better. But I, I listened because she knew about it, and I, so I didn't come. And I don't know how, but I saw Steve again. He's like, "You really should come back." And and then I got the call, like, "Come meet with Lauren. I met with Lauren. They had my tape. Like, I sent a tape of like my sketches, and then um, and then I came and I just did three weeks here, and I didn't really know what the hell I was doing, like. They brought me in. They took my picture that's that, like on my first day that ends up on 17. And you're just like, what's this for? <laughs> and then we didn't have a pitch meeting that day because John Goodman was the host and he didn't want to come in. I don't know, something. We didn't have a pitch meeting on Monday. So we just started. On, I just started on a Tuesday. And I remember I knew Chris Parnell because he was from the Groundlings. And I said, what do we do? And he was like, we write. And I said, till when? And he said, all night. And then everyone's doors just started closing. And I was like, why the fuck am I supposed to do Did And Did you have
3: a playmate? Who were you paired with? Well,
8: me and Zach Galifianakis were weirdly put in an office together, but he didn't know he had auditioned, but he didn't know if he was there to be in the cast or as a writer. And he found out the hard way that he was brought in as like a guest writer. And we were just walking back to our hotel at the time, like so bummed, like, just disillusioned. and like we just did not know what was going on. It was so bizarre. And it was like it was like starting school at the end of the school year when like everybody has a place to sit in the cafeteria, you know.
3: So who warmed up to you first?
8: Molly and Will and I knew Parnell because they had Molly and Will had nothing to lose. They were like the prom king and queen, so they were like, "Hey, how you doing?" And then I had a mutual friend um, because Anna at the time there were a lot. That's the thing about uh, the groundlings is that I knew that people from there went on to the show, and I was like, okay, so I got to go there first. Because at the time, when I got out of college, I was like, all right, I'm going to go to the Groundlings. That's going to be my graduate school. And at that time, it was... The, the people that were there from the Groundlings were um, Will Farrell, Ani Gastar, Chris Kattan, Chris Parnell, and who am I forgetting? Somebody else. Oh, and Sherry O'Terry. Oh, wow. Um, they were like five current cast members that were all out of the Groundlings. I was like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go here. Because I had gone to the Groundlings. I weirdly, I was weirdly introduced to the Groundlings Theater when I was 14 because I went to school with Jack Black, who was like a couple years older than me and this like theater kid that I just connected with right away. And he became kind of like my mentor because he was just like a little bit older mm-hmm. and um, got me into improv and everything. And he took me to see the Groundlings when I was like 14. Um, So I knew about the theater, and then I knew it was in L.A. Like, it was a way to get into it. Because people out here go to Chicago. They go to Second City. And um, so I just went, you know, in my own backyard. Was it
3: hard to adjust there?
8: At the Groundlings? Yeah. No. It was exactly where I should have been. Because it was like, it's like when you find your people. It's like, oh, this is where I should have been. I shouldn't. Why did I go to college in the woods in, like, Northern (laughs) California and study women's studies with, like, Angela Davis? Like, I should be here. With all these, you know, horny nerds. This uh, is this is where I belong.
3: Oh God! See, I don't know if I want to share this story. Or not. You're about to. You do. I okay. So I once dated a comedian. I cannot wait to find out. And um, ah, damn. Okay, so go in, son. Yeah.
4: Uh, is I, well, this
8: about black and Jewish?
3: No, 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 no. The thing, the thing was, was that. We saw like like we were, me and my friends would watch her act. Uh and she wasn't fully developed yet as a comedian. And um but the thing was is that my friends started laughing at me because they were like face me, she's not funny. Ooh. So every time <laughs> so we come to the club, they were laughing at me and at her, but in her head, she's like, yo, son, I'm, I'm killing it. Right? I'm <laughs> killing it.
8: Like a stand-up? She was a stand-up? Yeah, yeah, she did stand-up. And, I've um, never, ever done stand-up. That's a whole other animal. And well, that's even worse. Like, that's why I'm a, I, I won't do it, because, like, you fail at that. You, you're, that's it. But but the think, th- it's the scariest thing ever, I would Yeah. I think yeah. you
3: have to drown first
8: before you yeah, resuscitate sure. yourself.
3: And it's just like, you got to be horrible. And then you learn the tricks of the trade.
8: I thought that if you were if you wanted to be a comedian you had to do stand up so when I was in college I wrote some stand up and I was like I'm never fucking doing this. It's <laughs> terrifying because I don't like to be exposed. I don't I really I don't like to be vulnerable and stand up is vulnerable. Stand up is so much more difficult in my opinion and I just like to be other people. I mean, that's that's what that's
5: what I'm programmed to do. Mm, that's real deep. So
8: well, I, know, I mean, I know it's just it's just so much easier to to be to not be vulnerable, and mm-hmm. I'm sure when I was a kid, that's like how I hid it. And then I was like, oh, my friends like this, I should I should keep doing it. But I also think uh, that being around music, I just developed. I think having a musical ear mm-hmm. made me like a little like a like a parrot, like a little bit of a mimic. So I didn't realize I was doing voices and stuff when I was doing them, but I think I was just always doing them. Like if you tell a story about somebody and you're like, and then she was like, why'd you,
9: mm-hmm.
8: why why'd you get the spicy chicken? And then you talk like the person, and then you realize like, oh, I'm, I'm just copying sounds.
2: I
4: have a question.
8: Yes, sir.
2: So do you think like growing up around music helped you with your comedy, like with timing and all that, with rhythm? And I
8: kind of think they're intertwined. I do. I feel like they're. I do. I I feel like they're.
5: Nah, they are. they totally comedians, I know related. They want to sing. They be wanting to sing, and and vice versa.
8: Yes, they do. And I've yeah. never. I've, I've never. I've talked to many musicians about this, and I've never gotten an answer why. But musicians and comedians are are each other's, their counterpart. We're totally connected.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
8: But I think. I think that's because they're also skills that other people. You can't just. You can't just acquire them. You have to naturally possess them both.
3: Yeah. Do you think? That the way you, in a sort of therapeutic way, dealt with.
8: Absolutely. I know exactly what you're asking. Because
3: I know no comedian or funny person, uh, especially with all the time that I spent at the comedy cellar and really getting to know all those people. Like behind every person that's ever made me laugh, there's like a big giant bowl of pain. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere in their backyard, buried somewhere. Well, I would, also,
8: and, I would also go out on a limb and say, I mean, I'm no therapist, but I would guess that it was also an act of rebellion from my, from my family. You know, my parents were musicians, so I was like, I'm not going to sing because that's like, that's, like my, that's too painful, that's too hard. Like, I don't want to expose that part of me because like, I don't even think I truly sang in my own voice. Truly, truly sang songs in my own voice publicly until fairly recently. Um, I've only ever sung at like... Channeling other people. Yeah. Because it was too painful because it was just like so connected to my mother. So I can sing a funny-ass song like for the rest of my life. Like I can sing anything funny. And that's probably why covers are easy. But when it comes to like my actual, my real voice singing is very very intense for me and I think the probably the natural like just the light from comedy just was so much more you can hide you can hide in comedy and I can you could hide and be a million things and then I also just think it's so fascinating to like be mixed and then just like pretend to be other people you know because you're like It has so much to do with the time I was growing up. Like, being mixed wasn't as cool as it is now, (laughs) you know? Like, the Cosby show, everyone on the show was considered black, but, like, Lisa Bonet was mixed, right? you know? Like, people didn't even say what mixed was. And um, so I think it was just easier to, like, just pretend to, like, be other people. And it's just all intertwined. But, yes, I think it's absolutely that. And it's also, like, that rebellion from what your parents do. You have to do something else. But it was also cool. Comedy was cool to them. Like, my mom was... Like, f- I think, I remember my parents going to see, like, Richard Pryor concerts. And there's some famous... I got it. M- uh, Mr. Mr. Rudolph and the Monkey? Yes. Is that what it's called? Did Miss, he Miss Rudolph. Rudolph.
3: Did he name That's it after? My... I knew he was it! was fucking wow. with
8: my dad, yeah.
3: I knew it! I knew it! He had a character called Miss Rudolph that uh, his Mudbone character uh, would have to give, like, a chicken's leg to, like, like an old soothsayer lady. Like, Miss Rudolph was always a name that I always heard, and...
8: It was about my mom, and she, and he would fuck with my dad, like, when they would be sitting there, but it was, I think... Because I even yeah, have some yeah.
3: outtakes of Richard Pryor concerts where, like, your mom was always in the audience. Like, I know, I there's don't... There's three concerts in which...
8: I know. Yeah. I, that's what I heard, too. And I actually don't know them as well as you do, because as a kid, I don't think they were exposing me to the recordings, but I knew about it, like, enough... Um. I need to revisit Miss Rudolph and the Monkey.
3: Well, see, the tables have turned now because now I think it's like you're Maya Rudolph and that's Maya Rudolph's mother. Like, it's not even...
8: Yeah, well, that's, again, back to I'm sure for you it was yeah. like,
3: you know, the, the escaping the shadow of being Minnie Riperton's daughter as opposed to, you
8: not, know. Well, you know what, though? That doesn't exist for me because I will say... Growing up, I didn't feel like my mother was a household name. I feel like people who knew my mother knew my mother, or they'd go, or they'd know that song. But I didn't feel I wasn't Diana Ross's daughter. Like it was a different thing. And so yeah, people I was in the know. Were... Yeah,
5: did, how was that like for you? Uh Like, did you know that your mother was? Many you know, she, yeah, yeah. Like, was that ever, or did you, or even like, I don't think passed, entirely. Did you know, even like, what your dad was doing? Like, did you know that you were maybe a little more? privileged or had, you know, then maybe another, other kids or whatever. Not
3: um, even with, like, even, even our era were, like, tribe samples where, like, right. you know, Minnie Ripperton was, like, such a... Yeah, it was so I, I mean, style. that
8: was really fascinating to me, like, starting college was when that Tribe album came out that was literally, like, half of it was, like, my mother, you mm-hmm. know, or, yeah. or songs that songs that I'd grown up listening to and had stopped listening to because it was too hard to put those records on. Mm-hmm. But it was just becoming cool that, like, my friend who was, like, the DJ in college would play, like, you know, those songs where I was like, are you playing my mom? Wow. You're playing my mother's music? And then I was like, wait a minute. That's why that's familiar to me. It's, that's my that's my mother, you know, where that's, like, the beginning. <laughs> that's why of, you're in college. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right. Yes, exactly. Wow. And that was the stuff my dad and I would talk about, like, because sampling was so fascinating to him at the time, and talking about that and what that had become in the industry, because my dad's such an artist, and was like, and but my- you know what? That that to me was so, that was such a prideful moment of like those cool people know like my people. That it took me a long time to, to revisit the music. Well, yes, and also to realize that people were out there plus my last name is Rudolph. So until mm-hmm. I really started acting, people didn't know that was my mom. And then and then I and then the other part about my mom that's just so fascinating is like people are so I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because she was so young when she died and it was like you know, pre-YouTube, we didn't have like you were the first person I ever met. It was like I have footage of like your mom on talk shows and I was like, "What? I didn't know that stuff. I thought all that stuff was gone." And people have always, like, used me to vent, like, their, their feelings about her. I'm, like, this weird funnel for, like, many rep- – like, your mother was so – like, and it's so – I get stopped on Is the Is it street. overwhelming? Yes. It's so deep. Yeah, and it
3: took me, like, seven years to even start to bring it up. Like, I was just like, oh, big fan. And but that's <laughs> different.
8: And that, that's not – I mean, I truly – like, I'll get the occasional just random adult – you know, who will just be like, your mother. Your mother meant so much. She meant everything. It's like, it's like they're like, you know, and I they just find me. And this was way before I was ever on the show or anything like that. Wow. Um, wow. But there's always been some layer of her that is otherworldly. I think because of that that element of her voice being something else, something that feels sort of like non Human mm-hmm. to a lot of people, um, people just associate her with like something else. There's like I've I've just always gotten people stopping me about her in that way.
3: I, I think it's because she's it, it, she's spiritual. She's in that Stevie Wonder category. Yeah, like because your mom didn't really come from the gospel background of, of black music, so she I, I would say that she's almost the Sade of her
5: of that time. Period
3: because Sade you know, meant a lot to black people and and white people alike. But, you know, she didn't come from a a gospel, you know, down-home background, at least the way that she projected herself. There was, like, Mm -hmm. a class thing. I was about
5: to say it was very very classic. My mother, I mean, my grand, I'm I'm sorry, my aunt was a big Minnie Ripton fan, and that was the first time I got, uh, I was introduced to her music. And this is like, you know, you talk about um how your parents, that was the first time they used you to talk about death, like her death, talk about it. I remember my mom, because my mom would play Loving You, like just she would just play Loving You. And I was remember here, I was like, Mama, who is that? And she was like, there's many rips. I'm like, well, who is that? And she would tell me, oh, this lady, you know, she died. And, you know, and yeah. so then, you know, I looked in the album cover and it was like, I think Avengers in Paradise or She's with the Lion. I think that's the Lion yep. cover is that one. And so my aunt would have all her records. And this is in the 80s. And so my aunt was like, she was very... This is kind of like she was like a black yuppie kind of, you know what I mean? She was teaching school. She had her own apartment. She had the first, like, answer machine. Like, that was the first time I ever saw an answer machine ever. And so she would play your mom's music all the time. And it was just like what Amir said. It was really, like, classy. I just remember seeing her. And it wasn't, like, the disco stuff. Like, she didn't – like – you, I mean, y'all shot for records, so you know if yeah. like, you see an album cover and you know, and it's like nine niggas in silver suits and shit, <laughs> it's going to be whack as fuck, you know what I mean? But like, your mother was always just really, she just had her own thing, just mm-hmm. really classy and I just always remember that. You
3: ever see the lion attacking her
8: video? Yes. You can see my dad coming in and make sure she's okay. It was like a promo commercial, so it was actually a recreation of the, because I think we, me and my brother the were there commercial. for the photo shoot, because I remember having ice cream and seeing the, like... My mother is sitting next to a lion, and we were like, look, but we were like far away, and we're thinking, like, can that lion see my ice cream? (laughs) It was a different lion the second time they shot it. Oh, and this lion wasn't this. He just kind of like panicked. I guess he had been declawed, so she wasn't hurt or anything. Oh, but But, yeah, you see
3: the lion like and there's no sound, so "Ah!" you
8: can't tell if anyone's screaming or not. It was like somebody's super eight (laughs) camera. chills so i
3: hear that you are going to be spending a lot of time in new york city hopefully doing uh the maya marty project. yes
8: yes uh what
3: made you want to bring back the the variety show format
8: this is what i do and this is what marty does we you know martin I, short? I i like what's that martin short martin short yes or is the i thought the, it was the, Martin the, scorsese
3: <laughs> it's Martin Short. It that Marty would be McFly. a very different <laughs> show. <laughs> right, right. Although I would very. love to I do that. It was
8: Martin. Oh. Martin. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so yeah, the show is is it's, it's
8: it's all the stuff that we love. It's perf- it's music and comedy and performance based, and really just all the elements of Saturday Night Live that I love. That are, you know, getting people together and and being goofy and all that stuff. But but I think like just. Um, just the the stuff that I think probably is the imprint for all of us, which is people coming on and doing things that you didn't normally get to see um, them do. You know, I just did a thing with um, Emma Stone, and and um, it was like a perfect example of like that's why I wanted to do the show. I, she she and I sang a song together, and it's not something you would normally see her do. Mm-hmm. But those were like those were the things that when you saw a variety show that you're like, wow, I didn't know that guy sang, or I didn't know that person was that funny, or. Just like these, just like extra delicious tidbits.
3: Well, based on the super viralness of that particular clip that you did with Emma, first of all, how many t- like how many takes did you guys complete that? In?
8: We only did it in. T- we only did it twice. Wow! But wow!
3: I can't imagine She's having to do something over and over and over
7: again. Can, like, can you explain to our listeners who may not have seen that, like what, what you guys yes. did in
8: that video? Um, I saw these Swedish girls. Uh, this band called Errato. Um, these girls from Sweden sitting in their kitchen um, playing butter tubs to do, mm-hmm. you know, the, the the cup song, which um, which I guess became famous, uh, from, Anna Kendrick did. Oh, yeah, yeah. The yeah. movie
3: so uh, Pitch Perfect. Yes. Yeah. Well, so okay. it's the
8: same rhythm, but they did it to the Robin song, Call Your Girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And they did these really beautiful harmonies. Um, and I don't know why, but I was like, I feel like I, I heard Emma can sing. I wonder if she'd be into doing this. And so I sent it to her. And she immediately, she was like, wow, that sounds great. And then she immediately sent back a video of her practicing it. And oh, wow. she had, like, picked it up right away. And um, my daughter, my 10-year-old daughter, Pearl, was actually helping me out with it, like, the day before. My, my 10-year-old daughter and my 23-year-old cousin were, like, showing me how to do the cups. Because I loved the song. And, I, and I, in my head, I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then when it came time to do it, I realized, Uh-oh. like, I don't know how to do it.
9: <laughs> right. Wow.
8: But, um, but I didn't, we rehearsed a little bit. And it was one of those things, like, you can just tell when someone can harmonize. And she just, she was amazing. She just did it. You guys nailed that one. That was great. Thank you.
3: Well, I I hope, uh, even for selfish vain reasons, I I hope uh, you guys get picked up and you become a, a fixture at the 30 Rock Building so we can do... Projects together. Yes, please. That'll be awesome. That'll yeah. be awesome.
8: That would make me happy too. Well,
3: we thank you very much uh, for for joining us. Oh, thank it's you. a
8: pleasure, gentlemen, ladies that are listening,
3: <laughs> ladies
8: fellas, lady, all five, <laughs> all
3: two women,
8: <laughs> I'm <a> dogs.
3: <laughs> yeah. So uh, we thank you very much. It's my pleasure. It's Maya. You Rudolph. made
8: me. You made me feel knowledgeable about many things. We learned a lot. Actually, We did. One. We learned a lot tonight. Ladies
3: and gentlemen, uh, wow, this uh, concludes the Questlove Supreme experience. Uh, any last words, Boss
7: Bill? Uh, none. Just uh, come back and check us out next week. Uh, we start at Wednesday. 1 Wednesday. PM, Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I'll be listening. And uh, mm. we replay until Friday, and then after that, you can check out our mixtape featuring more songs.
3: And this is the only time you can hear. It. It's not like you can go back. And oh no,
7: no, you can't come back. Uh, so one time, so you gotta hear. So you it gotta, live. Li- you gotta listen. You know, between now and Friday afternoon, or you are. You wow, play- you're yeah, sadly or you're missing. Gotta look. <laughs> you know, you might. Well, actually, you know what? They can listen to the, you know highlights from the show on the mixtape, but it, it's nothing beats hearing the the in, full and the flesh. I the get full it. show. So,
3: hey, I'm Pay Bill, man. What did we learn today?
6: I don't even know where to begin.
3: Are you just waking up? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay.
6: <laughs> I'm waking up to the dawning of Prince knowledge, of which there was a lot today.
3: Yeah, I, I kind of overdid it on the Prince knowledge. I, I apologize, but,
6: you know. That's fine and it's me. only going to get worse.
3: Well, no, I think I Maya's mean, probably the biggest Prince nerd. Until we get uh, uh, probably Fred in here. Uh, as far as celebrities are concerned. Fred who? Uh, Fred Savage. Really? From Wonder Years. Wonder Years? Yes. Really? No, Fred Armisen. Oh.
6: Oh. No, okay. I was like Fred Savage <laughs> well, No, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Oh, Fred well, why why yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, Fred Savage. <laughs> Kevin from the what? Die- yeah. Wow.
3: Yes, but all right. So you learn about liquor, uh, <laughs> liquor houses today on PayPal.
6: Yeah.
7: Yeah.
3: So maybe we I'll make a pilgrimage to Memphis.
6: <laughs> we'll I go to Beale feeling-
3: Street and go to.
6: Going forward, we should make pilgrimages to a lot of different places. And
3: we speak of? Like south
6: of the Mason-Dixon line, as we say.
3: All right. We'll do that. We'll do the corn liquor experience. So, Sugar Steve. You. uh, What'd you learn today, man?
2: I learned that Gainesville is the music capital of Florida. (laughs) 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 Somehow. That's all Um, you learned? I love Maya. I really love Maya. I love her, too. She's great. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think we she's all funny we think and interesting and talented.
3: Yeah, she is. She's amazing. I love her. I wish we
2: could ask her about her performance with D'Angelo on the tonight show uh, of uh
7: Ah damn.
2: I thought that
6: was great. Okay. That was that was awesome.
3: Yeah, we'll ask her about it.
6: We'll just ask D'Angelo about it when he gets here.
3: Yes, when he yes, but
7: that just means we have to, you know, be on the air for another ten years. <laughs> <laughs> right,
6: because if you schedule D'Angelo now, he'll show up I years guarantee now, you we're going to
3: have D'Angelo on before the year's out
6: Damn Okay Can we put money on that? I'm down to put money on that I don't have any money <laughs> Yo You're listening to Quest Love F- Supreme cannot- on Pandora Only on Pandora And you are a
3: witness <laughs> If I cannot get D'Angelo on this show by December 31st, 2016 Okay I will give my four constituents here $2,000. That's 500 each. each person. Oh, okay. I thought it was
5: going to be $2,000. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's it's like, really $10,000. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be it ain't. ain't nothing to a boss, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but no, okay. All right, dollars. I'll take $500. That's the motivation that's, that's, oh. I need to now make go sure that the D'Angelo. Movies. Go towards yeah. my room. By myself. Yeah, that will go that will go <laughs> some damn way. <laughs> all, right, all right. So uh, yeah.
3: are you singing Missy right now?
2: No, I was doing the trading places guy. Now I can go to the movies by myself.
3: Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought you were singing "Miss You" by, written by the Glimmerton
5: Twins. <laughs> you know, very expensive to clear. Fonseca. Yes, sir. Dog man. Man, I learned uh, today uh, about Maya Rudolph that singing, uh, her is hard for her to sing in her own voice, which I found very interesting because I really love her voice. So she, you know, she says it was hard for her. To like she can do funny stuff and kind of hide but you know singing in her own voice is, is uh it's kind of intense and painful that's and that was interesting to me you know what i'm saying but uh, i I've, I've never so i've even, never heard of i've never heard anyone talk about the process in that way well when you sing i mean don't you sometimes channel um man honestly with my singing it kind of just happened so um I would say I mean for the years that I've been singing like seriously I probably really just found my voice my voice probably like 2 3 years ago if that um just because for me it was just you know a lot and and I and that's why I could relate to a lot of what she was saying because on the Little Brother Records I was just singing hooks really just as placeholders just to kinda okay, let's go. Until me just someone else comes along. Until yeah, somebody th- else come along. But <laughs> nobody else came along. So it was like, well fuck it. Let's keep it. But um I was so, like, you're
7: the Lauren Hill of that crew.
3: Like
5: you Man, it was I was just doing it just to get it down. So then once it Why don't happened. what you put
7: that evil on him, Ricky Bobby? Oh
5: no, nah, I show up and shit on time. <laughs> it ain't gonna worry about me. <laughs> no, nah, I ain't L Boogie. L stand for late. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, I come on time to shit I got cheering to feed And I got shit to do So nah man I'm uh, Nah but yeah it, it never I never saw it that way So uh, A lot of times I was just doing it Just to kinda Just hold that place Aww. And then after the album Came out I was getting calls so He was like Yo give me a verse But we wanna hook too I was like y'all really Like seriously You really wanna hook and He was like yeah We wanna Aww, hook Man is this is like kinda, The Wizard of Oz Where you didn't like, know That you were already home I did not know I was already home. Is that Uh-oh. what happened with
7: the uh, the player circle
5: joint? That's exactly what happened. They uh, Denon at the time, he was one who produced that track, Denon Porter, who was uh Porter Isaacson. No, no, no. No. He's uh, he did PIMP for Fifty Cent. He's done like a couple M records, like he's okay. like Aftermath crew, uh, and D Twelve, all that. And so he hit me. He was just like, "Look, man, I'm burned out. Just give me some hook ideas." So I said, "All right, cool." And so I did it. And it was a song for Player Circle back in oh eight. I wanna say oh eight, oh nine. And uh before he became two chains, he was Titty Boy. And uh <laughs> one I of the did most the unfortunate names. Right, right. Yeah, and but yeah, but he um we did the record and so I just did a hook like as a reference and LA heard it and was like, yo, I like this kid, keep him on it. And that was how it worked. So yeah, for singing for me, it never I never only until like a few years ago, maybe like two years ago, honestly, I was like, you know what? I really can do this. And let me sing in my own voice rather than trying to be D'Angelo or trying to be this person or this person Steve or mimic it or being Steve, Steve Arrington, the great Steve Arrington with the most epic ad libs of all time. Oh boy.
4: It's like Mel
5: Blink. I, I believe that Mel Blink's <laughs> in the
3: spirit yeah. of <laughs> Steve Arrington. <laughs> Um yeah. I, I learned a lot today I learned that I'll be really surprised if we're here next week sure, I'm, I'm playing I'm uh, playing I hope you all join us and uh you know we're only going to get better with time we're going to be professionals by yeah. our hundredth thousandth episode
5: yeah we got to put in the we're going to die guy together well. guys how's that feel I feel it man kind of I'm impressive. good this is pretty nah it's cool I always wanted to die in a closet <laughs> <laughs> and uh <laughs> <laughs> with, On, with full of fried chicken. With fried chicken and <laughs> five other men. That, that'd be just a great story yeah. to tell at my funeral. On
3: <laughs> that note,
5: ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> oh until God. the <laughs> next Questlove Love
3: Supreme. <laughs> this is Questlove, Love, Jones, Steve <laughs> Jenkins, <laughs> Bill Thompson. Wait, why did I give you my last name? Wow. <laughs>
7: because we're related.
3: Oh, okay. Because yes. it rhymes
7: with my last name?
3: Bill Jackson. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, And and we'll call her uh, Maya Clayton. Uh, This is Questlove. Hope to see you next week. All right. Goodbye. Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. This classic episode was produced by the team at Pandora. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
2: Hi, it's Sugar Steve from Questlove Supreme. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So, check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees? Period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash Discover Bank member FDIC.
1: Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled